Hello, people and peoplettes. This is the 49th episode of the Fun Filter Podcast. I'm Jordan, and I'm joined as always by Sam. Hello. See what you just did. What did I just do? You implied. What have I done now? Well, you implied tacitly that women aren't people. I did. Well, I said people. Why on earth, peoplettes? Would you think that, Sam? Because you you made them distinct. Well, no, I I I assume by peoplettes you meant women. Well, yeah, yeah, the feminized version of the word. Yes. So what's people? So only men are people. No, no, the joke is that I'm feminizing a word that, doesn't that already encapsulates everyone. Yes, but then, see, me playing devil's advocate yeah. as the social justice warrior yeah. here would say, you're implying that women aren't people. Well, then get out of here, you you devil. Okay. Skedaddling devil. <laughs> what would a skedaddling devil sound like? For some reason. <laughs> it's more like a witch, yeah, though, isn't it? I, yeah, I like that he wasn't, there wasn't like... He was, yeah, like, he, he was like scurrying away. He just kind of he scurried and then uh, broke the sound barrier. Yeah, sonic yeah. boomed out. Of <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah, okay. That was a peculiar start to the episode. It was. <laughs> I, I, yeah, why not? Apologies for the length of this episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely don't know. Because I, 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 I came to this podcast. I know we're doing uh, three film reviews today. Three film reviews. And I know you have things to say. I do. That's all I know. I have nothing okay. to you bring myself. Um, yeah, because you kind of like in advance. You were like, "George, do you have anything?" Yeah. I was like, "No." You were going, "Good, yes, <laughs> save it." <laughs> we don't, we don't need it for this. So one. God knows, I'm with you, audience. I don't know what we're in for today. <laughs> okay. Well, the first thing I don't know. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I forgot the. Th- well, no, that that could have been the first thing. You don't know. Well, the, the very fact you were like, oh yeah, I forgot. Maybe, me I was bl- maybe I was bluffing for some not reason that whatsoever. Was, that was a hell of a bluff, even for you. It was, yeah. yeah. Okay, you got me. <laughs> Coming up. We talk about Mark Kermode's review of The Father. We revisit the golden or gelded globes. We review another round. We talk about my cultivation of empathy and SJWs and stuff. A series of American lies and travesties. Hashtag sex not gender and the court case of Maya Forstata. We talk about diversity's win at the BAFTAs. The dance group, not the, you know, concept. Yeah. We review Surge. Aliens might be real, or are they? We discuss. Can you say aliens might be real, or are they? Yeah. You could say aliens are real, or are they? You can't say aliens might be real, or are they? Yeah, they might not be real. Might has already said, has already placed down. Yeah, but they might not be real. Well, yeah, but might also means might not, doesn't it? Yeah. Take that again. No. Okay. <laughs> what am I going to say? Are we alone in the universe? I don't know, something like that. Are we alone in the universe? Yeah. Or are we? No, what are you doing? It doesn't make sense, Sam. <laughs> you only need to ask the one question. <laughs> Aliens are real? We discuss. We review nobody. The film, not like the not person. What? <laughs> So what's the first thing, Sam? The first thing. The sec- uh, sorry, uh, the second uh, um, thing. Coming up, you mean? Yeah, the second thing. Okay. What's the second thing? The second thing, I've got a couple, there's two things. I've got a couple of cultural updates. Okay. We talked, we reviewed The Father on the last episode, and I brought up Mark Kermode's review of the film. Not review of the film. Like, he hadn't coming, reviewed it yet. Yeah, yeah. like, his impending review. review. Yeah. But he kind of gave a tease that he just wasn't generally a fan of it. Yeah. So we were kind of like, why would that be? Because it's, you know, it's had such overwhelming critical acclaim. Mm. Uh, so he's now released his review. And generally, he thought the performance was too showy. 
Okay. And the film was too stagey. Right. I, I can't totally refute mm. that. It wasn't a problem for me. Was mm. it a problem for you? The show performance. No, the show before. Like, I didn't think it was a show performance. I suppose more the staginess. It's not sta- not in the sense that it just looks like a filmed play because it is cinematic. Mm. But, you know, it's the typical thing, isn't it? One, one location. Oh, yeah. it's theatrical then. Well, that was one of the things that we complimented about it, wasn't it? Mm. And I'm assuming the reason you're bringing up Kimmo's review, I mean, not only is it you listen to him, mm. but I think you were expecting, and we'll see if those expectations were realised, mm. um, that his criticisms were sort of in line with other people's, like the main criticisms of the film right. from the people who typically don't like it. Criticisms that we ourselves just don't think apply? No. Well, my prediction was that he would have had a family member that had suffered with Alzheimer's. Which turned out to be true. Which turned out to be true. His mother and his grandmother. I don't know. The way he was talking about it before I knew his true opinion seemed to be he'd taken something personally. Mm. It's like, okay, he's he, he's had a family Which member. Which is interesting, because by his own admission, he liked Relic. Mm. He's, I think he says in that review that like Relic is the best, it's like the most powerful portrayal. Of dementia. The most emotionally powerful portrayal of dementia yeah. he's seen put to film. Well, this is the thing. So he did bring up Relic in his review. Yeah. Compared it unfavorably mm. to The Father. Yeah. Saying he thought Relic was the far superior film. Bearing in mind that Mark Kermode has a, a big horror bias. Yes. He kind of wrote his dissertation on horror fiction. That's his, The Exorcist is his favourite film. Pretty much... Any given year. Any, like, yeah. If there's like, a well-made horror film. It'll be near the top. It'll be his favourite film the top, of the year. Yeah. Yeah. The Babadook and like... Um, there's there's a lot of Persian horror films. Oh, right. Under the Shadow, stuff like that. Oh, okay. And uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Yeah. It? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So he, he had family members who'd had Alzheimer's. And the salient thing that I got from his review was that he'd taken offence. He didn't say that explicitly. No. But... His whole thing was, oh, like the characters keep saying how smart and intellectual he was saying that. Like, not only was he saying that, but he was saying that this is becoming a cliche in cinema, right? That films that depict characters with Alzheimer's are saying, oh, he was once brilliant, or she was once, yeah, oh, how the mighty have fallen, yeah, how the mighty have fallen. And he seemed to take umbrage with the implication that's not there Mm. that like working class people are less deserving of sympathy, yeah, which is not true. At all, is it? No. It's not like they go, oh yeah, you know, and it's worse because of that. No, it's not saying that. It's it's sort of, it's using that as like a, a hyperbolic, everyone will get this example. Mm. Like if, if you say like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I think for me, it's like, you know, if you, if you say, oh, this was once a brilliant person mm. and look at him now, you get a real sense of the, the destructive power of dementia. Yeah. Whereas if it's this person who's like, yeah, they weren't that brilliant before. Mm. And now look what dementia has happened to them. You get you don't get as uh, as, stro- you, as strong a sense of yeah. what dementia is doing to a person. Yes, it's it's not, it's not to say that like oh, it, dementia is tragic. Yeah. only when it affects the brilliant. Yeah, no, it's not sadder. It's just the chasm is wider. That's yeah. What, there's further to fall, but that doesn't mean that those who have less to fall are less deserving. No, of no, no. But it's just by falling further, right? like you can see you get a better chance to see, oh God, this is what it does to you. Right. Yeah. And this is, I mean, Kermode is an old-fashioned liberal. Mm. Like he was a, um, a Trotskyist kind of, you know, I think he was a Trotskyist. What? A Trotskyist. Is that a thing? 
Yeah, it's like a, a branch of communism. Okay. Uh, you know, the student I, I, I just assume nowadays, like if a word comes up, it's like, well, <laughs> it probably didn't exist five minutes ago. Oh, so right, I have yeah. to check these no, things. No, no, no. He's an, an 80s student radical. Okay. Like he sings the internationally on the show sometimes. And right. Stuff. Like, yeah, this is quite typical leftist thinking almost. Okay. Like thinking of it as a zero-sum game. But by depicting someone of a certain status, mm. it's necessarily uninclusive of everybody else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was I, like, yeah. like, no, this is just, this is one story. Yeah. You can tell the other story if you want. I'm not saying, there's not like there's a finite amount of dementia stories and mm. you've now absorbed one up for your, no, it doesn't work like no. that. And there are certainly films out there which, are, you know, they say, oh, we are telling this specific story. Yeah. But typically when a story is told, mm-hmm. there's something to be taken from it that applies to yes. everyone. That can be universalized. Yeah, like Anthony Hopkins just happens to be the vessel through which this story is being told. It doesn't mean that only people exactly like him can appreciate this story. In fact, there's that kind of paradox that the more specific the story, the more universal its resonance. Yeah, that's like a like a common misunderstanding about. You see it all the time in um, in like um, major release films. Yeah, films that are meant to appeal to the widest possible audience. They just make their characters as broad as possible. Yes. So that, oh, you know, anyone could Lowest be... Lowest common denominator. Yeah, anyone yeah. could be Brad Pitt in this situation. Right. Anyone, anyone could be Gerard Butler. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's a specificity that, that actually... It's like, oh, yeah. that's a real person. I don't know what the fuck it's like to be a middle-aged mobster from Italian-American New Jersey. No. But I feel like I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Because exactly. of The Sopranos. Because of The Sopranos, yeah. You know, um, so yeah, it's just silly. So yeah, I thought we should nip that one in the bud. Tie that um, end... Well, the, of the of, of the care mode review. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. Like, obviously, um, you know, he's got a preference towards horror films. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, fair enough, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, why? Um, why did Relic land okay for him, but the father didn't? Well, he said that it kind of pushed it further. Relic pushed it. Further. Yeah, it had the kind of courage to go further. You see, I thought that would be one of the reasons he wouldn't like it because. Well, I, I don't think his worry was that it was exploitative. I don't mm. think it was like no, oh, not the that film it, is not that it's exploitative, yeah. but I mean, in Relic, the the dementia is a like not a physical force, mm. but it is a force present in that story. Yeah, it's not just like it's not like in the father where like that you know. It, that is the condition that that character has, yeah. but it's only manifesting through that character. Yeah. We, the dementia in Relic does manifest in a monstrous way. I suppose. Through, yeah. through like the rot and occasionally. Yeah. Like it's clear that the grandmother is no longer her. There is an entity yeah. within possessed her by that's possessing her. Yeah. I suppose because some people have said that the father has horror aspects to it. Oh. Which not really horrifying aspects, not not quite horror. Yeah, but because obviously it's to- it's told through Anthony Hopkins' perspective, and so the environment changes, and it's kind of yeah, the environment changes, yeah. and it messes with time. I, yeah, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call them horror, like horrific n- elements. Well, I'd, I'd certainly say horrific. I, I don't know about horror. Horrific but, in the sense that, like, oh, yeah, shit, yeah, this is horrible. That's what I mean. But well, not, not like... Horror can just be grim, can't not, it? Not from, like, a genre no, film No, yeah, not, not a genre. Though I'm sure if we rewatched it with that in mind, we'd probably find stuff. Like when he he sees his um, daughter on the, the, the hospital table and stuff like that. Oh, right. And yes, obviously, it's about horrific things that's so going to have a horror dimension to it. Mm. But I think because Relic is a horror film... Mm. He felt that it pushed it further, but the father wasn't trying to be a horror film. It was trying to be a drama yeah. with those that aspect to it. Yeah. 
Is and, it, and he's a horror fan, you know. So yeah, yeah, then that's just, fine. But yeah. is, is it that? Is it the fact that there's little, there's more separation with Relic than there is with the father? Because I think because it's, because yeah. it, it slightly. I'm not. This is not a Relic's detriment, mm. but it does otherize dementia. It, well, it, in the sense that it makes it a monster unto itself. Well, Relic is is told from the perspective of the granddaughter and the daughter. There is that as well. Whereas the father is told from the perspective of the person with, with the dementia. Condition. Yeah. So there's less uh, there's less separation. Yeah. So it's more real. Well, it's experiential, unquote. isn't it? It's trying to re, re, re yeah. trying to capture the experience of dementia. So is that part of it that it's just it hits? It does hit harder because it's it's more raw. It's not like the father or rather. yeah, the the father. Well, the father hits harder because it's just more real. I know that's my point. That's what I'm making. Oh, right, okay. It's, it yeah. is more real than Relic. Yeah, when you abstract it out to a horror, it doesn't. it's not to say that it loses anything necessarily. No. But the father is a situation I can quite easily imagine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's naturally harder to imagine yourself yeah. in a situation depicted in Relic than it is in a situation depicted by the right. father. And which is why I think the father would be a lot more uncomfortable to people to kind of digest and accept as like, yeah, yeah this is a thing that's... Look, I'm, I'm experiencing at the moment. Yeah, like I haven't yet known anyone who suffered, who suffers with Alzheimer's or dementia. And maybe, I, I obviously know it's, it's horrific and maybe mm. it's worthy of, of a relic treatment. Mm. But I found relic alienatingly grim. Yeah. Whereas the father is bleak, but I would watch that sooner than I would. Oh yeah. I never want to watch relic again. No, no. I got it. It's, it has images that are going to stick with me. Yeah, yeah. The father, I would watch again. Maybe give it a minute. But I would watch <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Um, yeah, Relic is just horrible, isn't mm. it? It's a horrible film. Whereas The Father is sad. I yes. think that's different. It's not a horrible film, though, in that way. No. Which, again, was something that I brought up, because I was expecting, like, utter misery from start to finish. Yeah, no, it's 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 just upsetting. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that it for that? Okay, so we, do, we don't approve... What is it? What are we saying? That we don't approve of his opinion? Well, I, well, I don't agree with his opinion, certainly. And I think he's... I think he's allowed personal feelings to invade on his critical faculties oh, of a course. little bit. Especially if he's personally been involved yeah, exactly. in, in, in the subject that the film is dealing with. And you can't not do that. Like, we bring ourselves to our reviews of films. Mm. Like, sometimes, oh, I just got a personal problem with that. Yeah. And so this film went down in my estimation. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to lie. Like, you have to be, to a degree, objective. Mm. And I feel like we do try and do that, recognising the qualities of Nomadland whilst kind of hating it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you, you at the end of the day, you can't separate yourself from... It's the same as any any pe- person who teaches an art. Mm. Like, yes, there's a degree of objectivity in how you mark your students' work, but doesn't taste, isn't taste involved in that somewhere yeah. as well? Yeah, okay. But I just think he kind of, I don't know, it put his nose out of joint when it shouldn't have. And this whole thing of, uh, what's it, representation, because it didn't represent like a working class family or a... Yeah, that, I, that I come, don't come agree on. with. Silly. Yeah. It's hardly haughty, is it? Like, oh, yes. No, no, no. It's a lot more tragic. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins is not like... Um, he's not royalty. He's not like this... I'm not saying he's not... They're not even that upper class. Yeah. They're middle class. Yeah, you know? they're, they're sort of like... Yeah. Like, yeah. they live in London. They live in London. And they do all right for living in London. Yeah, they can afford to live in London. That's their economic Yes, status. exactly. Like, yeah. they're not... And he has a nice flat. And, and she can not. afford to move to Paris. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
yeah, I just just think silly. And I think there's a a kind of political element as well. This is coming from someone, Kermo now, who once said that everything's political. He said everything is political. Right. Which, as you know, I really don't agree with. Mm. Especially not art. When art is, well, on its face political, it's not even art in my opinion. Okay. And it, like politics usually is applied to like the ethos of the film or the philosophy of the film. It doesn't mean politics like, oh, this is a conservative film. Mm. It comes what what's its worldview? What's the film's kind of moral center sort of thing? Okay. In a way, if you go and buy that, then yes, I suppose all films are in some way political. Mm. But I, I hate this idea that everything is, because it's not true. No, it feels like it is. Well, every, they're trying to make everything political, but we will get onto that later. Okay. Uh, okay, so the second cultural tidbit Okay. The golden, the gelded globes. Oh, not everything's political, is it? What's this got to do with politics? Well, because the golden globes yeah, aren't yeah. happening this year. Yes, because the, the bit of news I've got. Well, I suppose it is political because, well, firstly, we'll we'll finish explaining it to yeah. anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, the yeah, golden go globes are not are not happening this year. Next year. Next year. For, for 20, this year, yeah. yeah. For the, the the award that would be awarding twenty twenty one films yes. is not happening because a lot of people were abandoning the Globes mm-hmm. and shaming them because they didn't have enough black voters yeah. on their... Any. Or they didn't have any yeah. black voters on their panel or academy or whatever it is, that whoever it is, this I entity think, that votes for the Globes. The Hollywood Foreign Press. The Hollywood I Foreign Press. I think there's 60 of them and none of them were black. None of them were black. And therefore that was that was considered sufficient grounds to... Boycott. Uh, boycott and cancel and be gone with you. And they're now, you know, they're doing the... What's all the R-words... Reckon with the... Yeah, reckon, rebuild. Rebuild, rebrand, regroup. Yeah. Yeah, all that shit. Re... Um, re, re, What's the the black one? The black one. With the, oh, our ancestors were... Give us the money you took from our ancestors. Reparations. Oh, reparations, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Reparate. No, no, (laughs) what? (laughs) No, they say that as well, that my ancestors were raped. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that's not an exclusively black concept. (laughs) No, I'm aware of that. Yeah. So, yes, the Globes. Just something I noticed... If you go on IMDb mm. and a film has won awards, yeah. there, there's like a little panel and in bold, if it's won an Oscar, it'll say won two Oscars mm. or nominated for one Oscar. Yeah. And you click on see more and they have a kind of hierarchy of awards. Mm. So the Oscars will always be top. Then it'll be the Golden Globes, Screen Actors Guild. If it's TV, the Emmys will be at, will be after the Globes. Okay. And, and then after a certain four or five of the high profile awards, it'll be alphabetized. Okay. ACE awards, cable, all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden Globes has now been removed from the hierarchy. So it's just in the, the basically miscellaneous list of awards. What, completely? No, no, it's still there, but it's not up there now. So right. it's, it's buried in the Gold Derby Awards and the... Oh, the, right, So okay. you've got Oscars, SAG, BAFTA, and then all the way down here, Golden Globes. And that can't be accidental. How... What was the test group for this? Because this is... I imagine this is something you noticed independently. I know I can't remember. I was looking something up, and I know it won Globes, but yeah. it said nominated for two Emmys or something, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." Mm. And then I clicked on it and saw that it had been relegated. Okay, and then that is consistent through everything. Okay, I think when they apply that formula, it will be that way for all of the films. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think that's about? Well, let's be charitable a moment. Yeah. The Happy f- to be charged. The fact that the Golden Globes are not happening this year yeah. means that when award season comes and goes, no film would have won a Golden Globe. No. So why are we putting it at the top? But it's not... It, it's at the top because of its perceived 
prestige, isn't it? Yes. So the fact that no, all of the best films of the year, the films will be mm-hmm. nominated for the Oscars and all that. Yeah. None of them will receive Golden Globes. No. So that might be, if you're out of the loop, right? you might look at that and go, hang on, what's all this about? Okay. So you're, so you're saying the, I don't know, 30 or so films that would otherwise be nominated for Golden Globes not being nominated. Mm. Those 30 films, mm. whatever they might be, just because Globes won't be involved, they've applied that to every... I, I, no, that doesn't quite... No, well, I mean, this is me trying to be charitable. No, I, 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 I know, I know what you think, or the idea that you're going to bring to the table, yeah. is that it's because it's it's as part of... It's part of all of these boycotts. I'd like it's, it's not necessarily a boycott, more like deliberately and artificially trying to reduce its caliber. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, we can't deny that people have won Golden Globes, mm. but it's no longer going to be in the higher echelon okay. of awards. We're going to relegate it to the miscellaneous section. Uh, fair enough. But surely if the point is that... Because they have said, okay, we'll skip this year mm. and we'll go and find some black people who give enough of a shit about cinema that they're going to yeah. go on an award voting panel. So surely the fact that they're doing that means that you would want to keep it relevant. Because if you're... Maybe it's a punishment. If you're undermining... No, that's fine. But now, like, the Golden Globe is going to come back and be like, hey, we got exactly what you wanted. We've now got, you know, 30% or half and half or whatever it is they're going to come back Yeah, with. so maybe it is like... A, and then they're going to show up and they're going to be like, oh, no, it's fine. We relegated you to the to the dustbin of well, history. It's, maybe it's a subtle negotiating tactic. Mm. Just like a quiet way for Hollywood to go, look, oh, look, we're putting you down. Yeah. We're putting you down. It's, this thing, this is not a big, major deal. It's not. I haven't read a news story about this or anything. Mm. It's just something I've noticed. But it can't be accidental. And, yeah, it's probably like, again, like a subtle negotiating thing. It's like, right, if you've learned your lesson, show us your work. Mm. And if we deem it worthy of a tech, we'll restore you to the masthead, basically. Right. But if they don't, fuck it, you're just in the okay. assortment. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. But I, I just don't know why all of a sudden it's been removed from... Mm. It's either like there's been a weird popular demand for it. Like, oh, how dare you like flag up the Golden Globes first. You yeah. put them down the list. Yeah, yeah. It's probably something like that. I mean, it's a company, so it's going to bow to public pressure. Yes. Then again, we talked before about I don't know if that's as big a mechanism as it used to be. People will be political now over profitable. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was worth flagging and okay. I'll, I'll let you know if the situation changes right okay but yes okay should we do a film review oh okay all right oh yeah i, I know what's <laughs> happening now i think depends which one until the next one uh well you've seen them all haven't you yes oh no you, you have seen them all. you better have seen them all which, well which one are we discussing well would it matter it might i don't know <laughs> another round yes i have i've literally yes i i, I the, the credits rolled right as i was closing the laptop to put it in my car to come here oh an hour late no come on now <laughs> sam <laughs> okay well at least you need what happened hour. to this being charitable that we were exercising what? just a moment ago i thought we were extending charity to everybody else but ourselves well <laughs> some charity this way every right. so often wouldn't go amiss you know okay there's some charity okay I'm gesticulating towards okay. you. All right. So it wasn't an hour late, was it, Sam? It was 15 minutes late. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that charity. <laughs> okay. Another round, then. Another round. Do you want to do the plot synopsis? Oh, okay. Um, oh, is this a test? Y- yes. Is <laughs> <laughs> a test to make sure I watched the I fucking film? it is, yeah. Okay. Well, joke's on you. 
Because I did watch the film. Well, you could have just Googled the premise as well, to be fair. But go ahead. <laughs> me charity, Sam. Well, I feel, me back I, feel charity. Like, I feel like your forthcoming review will be a good test of whether you've actually seen the film or not. Oh, well, that's not good. Or Why? Well, well, let me explain the plot and then okay. I'll explain why. You have a few notes. Go on. What is wrong with you today? I'm just guessing. <laughs> Come on, I'm, I'm, I like... I'm you don't on. even need me to be here. I can just go over there if Maybe you want. I must, I, it must have been a while since I've done a quiz. Okay. That's probably what it is. You just have to be right. Like, <laughs> I have to just, just answer I haven't stuff. had a vessel for being right in so long. <laughs> I'm now, like, vibrating. <laughs> vibrating with, with, with potential right energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Plot. Okay. The plot is there are these four teachers. Yes. I only know Mads Mikkelsen. Same. Okay, so there is there are these yeah. four teachers, yeah. one of whom is played by Matt yes. Mickelson, and they are all middle aged. I think one of them celebrates their fortieth birthday like early on in yeah. the film. Yeah, yeah, and at that birthday, they kind of realise that they've sort of lost something. Yeah, especially the Mads Mickelson character. Yeah, he's like, stagnated. Yeah, yeah. He's, I'm not the person that I once was. Yeah. I know it. My wife knows it. My students know it. Yeah. Everyone knows it. I'm not who I used to be. He's lost the spark. Though. Yes, yeah. he's lost the spark. Um, and at that uh, that birthday meal, one of them brings up this study mm-hmm. by a uh, Scandinavian individual. A philosopher, who, I think. A Scandinavian yeah. philosopher whose name I couldn't possibly... Oh, I can't um, remember. I couldn't yeah. possibly yeah. begin to pronounce because I didn't have the foresight to write it down, <laughs> stupidly. <laughs> okay. um, basically, this this I assume it's a real philosophy. I think so, yeah. Yeah, the idea is that he hypothesizes that human beings were born with 0.05% less blood alcohol content... Than would be ideal. Than would be yeah. ideal. If humans were able to raise their blood alcohol content by 0.05, we would be happier, yeah. we would be more productive, we would be more relaxed, yeah. we would be better people. Yes. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> these aging 40-year-old men who have lost the spark are like, yeah, all right, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's give that, give that a, a go. Yeah. So it's that. It's, it's these four guys, they start conducting this experiment. They, they write a paper and everything, just so they're not, you know, it's like, we're not alcoholics, we're writing a paper. I think the quote is, um, we'll write a brilliant psychological essay on it so it isn't altogether foolishness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, they go about their day-to-day lives with their family and their jobs and whatnot uh, yeah. while drinking to make sure that they maintain a certain level of alcohol in their blood. Yes. Did I pass the test? You did pass the test. Thank you. The first note I've got is I really like the translated title. Because I think the original title is Druk, which I imagine is Drunk. Drunk, yes. Another Round is a pretty great title. Yeah, it's film. not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... it's it's. Um, I actually don't know. I was going to make the point that, like, you know, usually translated titles mm. lose something. Whereas y- this one yeah. seems to have gained something. But I, I have no basis for making that claim. No, no, like like Pan's Labyrinth. It's just kind of... It's not even Pan in um, the, the original Spanish. It's... The Fawn's Labyrinth, I think. Oh, right, okay. But yeah, usually it's just very literal or very, yeah. But they've actually added, it has nuance. Yes. It has a double meaning to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is, is Thomas, because obviously Matt Mickelson is bilingual, I assume some of the actors in the film are also... I think in Scandinavia, bilinguality, or whatever that word is, mm. is common. I okay. think a lot speak English. Okay. Yeah. My 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 uh, thing was only going to be, I wonder if Thomas Winterberg had... Uh, Thomas Winterberg obviously being the, the director, director yeah. um, I wonder if he had any influence over what they were going to name it overseas I would have thought so I, I suppose like Bong Joon-ho was very instrumental in Parasite's translation mm. like they changed and it was like a Beijing university to Oxford yes like even not just literally translating but yeah kind of uh, yeah to make sure that they, we're not just translating words we're translating the uh, intention as the well. intention yeah yeah, yeah. 
I could be blanking, but you don't see many films about middle-aged friend, male friends. I think you might be right. Yeah, but I could be wrong. But it just, if that felt new to me. It's always young guys, especially with alcohol's concern. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Shaun of the Dead, it's about your, your, your bromances. But just about friendship, you don't get just men who've grown up and they, they're married and they rarely see each other. No, I, you've got like The World's End. Yeah, yes. But that's sort of... Um, well, because of its genre trappings, it, it's not. it doesn't have that natural... Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a comedy, isn't it? So I, th- I think the fact that they're middle-aged... Yeah is like part of the comedy yeah and obviously it's it's all about the loss of youth and all that sort of thing yes which this also is it, it is yeah um but because because they are because they they are all school teachers at the same school yeah. they are constantly surrounded by youth yes so it, it's like a constant reminder of, of where they came from and yeah. what they've lost what they've lost yeah. yeah yeah i really feel for martin which is that Matt that's Nicholson. martin nicholson oh, okay all when right. he's there, there at that dinner and he's just getting like a bit tipsy and just like sinking into himself. Yeah. I'm just like, oh god. And then he starts <laughs> he starts sobbing. Yeah. I just thought, oh, I hope that's not a ghost of Christmas future situation. <laughs> it's just like, is that line? I, they ask him how he is because he's clearly upset. Like, you're yeah. right. Mm. He's just like, I don't do much. I don't see many people. It's <laughs> called No Martin. Um, and when they get smashed after that first meal, it yeah. was really heartwarming. <laughs> it's really nice to see him just like dancing it, it and enjoying is. himself. It is like and yeah. and. Um, Naturally, I think I think a lot of people would probably guess if the film is about them maintaining a certain level of alcohol in their blood, that level is going to escalate as the film goes on. Yeah, and it does. It does intentionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does. Yeah. Um, and so they have like one hell of a blowout, mm-hmm. kind of towards the end of the second act. And yeah, when they're sort of wandering the streets, and like yeah. one of them's like naked <laughs> for some reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the other one's like stolen some like alcohol from yeah. the pub, and they're like they can barely stand yeah. up. And yeah, that that all of that, like, when they're all together and they're all, like, properly drunk. Yeah. Even when they're, like, you know, they're just, like, tipsy. Yeah, they're in their houses. Yeah, because, yeah. like, we only know Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. It's possible that those other actors are known overseas as well. Yeah. I don't imagine that they're, like, oh, they're only Scandinavian. Or they've played supporting roles in other Scandinavian Yeah, we may even have seen, seen a couple of them before yeah. and just, like, for some reason we're blanking on yeah. it. Um, but because you know Mads Mikkelsen, I think yeah. he's the only one on the poster... Yeah, swigging the champagne. Swigging the yeah, champagne, yeah. yeah. Your temptation is just to think, oh, he's like the leader of the group. Mm. And then they're all just kind of there as well. Like, we're here for yeah. him. Yeah. But no, it feels like a group. It is an ensemble piece. It is an ensemble piece. He, he and, is and the lead, but yeah. Yeah, it is. A, yeah. He is the yeah. lead, because he, he does close out the film as yeah. well. Yeah. But yeah, like, you don't you don't think, oh, it's Mads Mikkelsen and these three other guys. It's a group of friends, and that's really yeah. nice. Yeah, they kind of get equal prominence, don't they? Yeah. Uh, I love that thing, though, about when they decide to do it, it's like, we will write an essay. Yeah. Just so it's like, there's some justification. It reminded me of you whenever we order food. Yeah. And we're going to get um, a surplus, an excess. We mm. justify it. It's like, <laughs> oh, I can have that for dinner tomorrow. Yeah. I'm actually forward thinking. forward thinking. Yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's, yeah, that's a very friendshipy thing to do. You're sort of like, yeah, ba- it's banterous, but you're kind of enabling each other. Yeah. But like, there's banter about it. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah, like when they're writing the essay, and it's this like it's all this academic. Yeah, they're they're being very academic in the way that they write, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's good." Yeah, <laughs> it's like that sounds almost legitimate, you right? Know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're, they're very real. There's like another little moment as well. It's not the best example of it, mm-hmm. but there's a moment where I think very early on in the film they're talking about like their careers, and one of them has a go at pottery teachers. 
Right. It's like, at least I'm not a fucking pottery teacher yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And then at the end of the film, one of them's dating a pottery teacher. Right. Just like a little thing like that. It's like, that really makes the characters feel like people. Yeah. Almost. Oh, it's very real, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's very real. It's very real, but not uh, Nomadland real, where it's like too real. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. It's, um, but I actually, the naturalism of the film belies its nuance, right? Because mm. it's described as a tragic comedy. Mm. And it's quite, if you describe the film by its beats, it sounds like it could be a Seth Rogen comedy. It's like, right, we need to drink. Yeah. Right, we should drink a bit more. Then literally, character says, I think we should drink ourselves into oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, just this constant ratcheting up yeah. of the scale. Um, yeah, I like that. And, it's a film about men testing the limits of alcohol. Mm. And obviously, because it has early success, they double down on it. Yeah. And there's obviously the niggling certainty that the whole thing is going to implode. Mm. But I didn't think it suffered any less because of that. Because of the certainty that it was going because to Because of the inevitability. Like, you know it's it's going to come bite them. That, the film can't, yeah, it can't not, not do go that. in that right. direction. Yeah. But I felt it didn't detract the, that kind of predictability for me. No... Did it no, feel? no. I just I don't know what effect it did have because yeah, that was definitely something that yeah. stuck with me throughout the film. It's like right, it's going to end badly. Yeah, it's just going to end badly for them. We well, all know the, it's going to end badly, so you know. Well, the surprise for me was spoiler alert. Yes, it does have a tragic denouement. Yeah, but it doesn't end as bleakly as you might think. That for a naturalistic Scandinavian film about alcohol. Yeah. It has a much... Well, it has a lovely ending. Yes. And... Which I didn't... This is what I didn't expect. Yeah. That, yeah, that was really... That was really nice. That yes, it, yes, as you say, there is tragedy. Yeah. All of the characters experience a tragedy. Mm-hmm. One more than the others. Yes. Um, Quite a final tragedy. Yeah, final yeah. tragedy, if you will. And yeah, obviously you think, right, that's where the film's ending. It's like, oh, alcohol is bad. This entire thing was a failure. We shall never touch alcohol again. Right. And the, fi- the final sequence of the film is everybody drinking. Right, merrily. Merrily and celebrating. I don't think that's meant to be kind of bitterly... No, because... Ironic. Because one of the um, recurring uh, ideas, I suppose, throughout the film is that Mads Mikkelsen used to be a jazz ballet dancer. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone is trying to encourage him to do jazz ballet, and he's just like, oh, I'm not going to do that. My back is out. Oh, my back is out. Oh, I don't want to do it, you know. Um, and then at the very end of the film, the like that's the final sequence of the film is them drinking merrily while he is performing this quite full on, full on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like throwing his fists around, and jumping through buses. Cause, yeah, because <laughs> there's a moment where it's like he starts like doing a little, um, a quaint little like synchronized number with one yeah, of his friends, a little swaying back. And forth yeah, and then he goes and sits on a bench. And there was part of me that was thinking like, oh, is that like I know what I know what that <laughs> did. I know the idea is that it's supposed to show that yeah he's going to be okay. Yeah, even though he's drunk at the moment mm-hmm. i think the fact that he is dancing in front of people is supposed to signify that this experience has helped him yeah well it implies that he's gonna reconcile with his wife as well isn't it it's gonna yeah that he's, he's gonna reconcile with his wife that his life is not ruined and that yeah. he again while drunk i thought that it was saying that like he doesn't need this has helped him he doesn't yeah. need to be drunk to be okay anymore he can just be okay and it's not a message of the week it's not like oh therefore because one character mm. dies right yeah as a result of what they've been doing mm. It, it, the film's not saying, therefore, alcohol bad. Therefore, it's like, no, you can bad. still drink. Yeah. Just don't fucking go berserk. Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. You know, I like that. Yeah. But no, yeah. So I said, but like, he did that little synchronized number and then he went and sat on the bench. I was like, oh, considering that that's like the, yeah. 
the emotional like wrapping up of the film. That yeah. was a bit. Oh God! Like when he starts like <laughs> jumping up and then throwing his fists around and like. Oh okay, all right. It's yeah, what, it's what we never got from Sucker Punch. Yes, <laughs> we finally got to see the dance. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously, while it's always shown the downsides of the project, like quite early on, he walks into a door, like you know, his nose yeah. is bleeding and everything. It never does it hokily or didactically. As it's never talking or preaching no. down to the audience. It's it's objective. And it doesn't detract from the joy of seeing Martin especially flourish. Yeah. So when he starts like really engaging with his students, you f- really feel good about that. And even even while it's showing that it's kind of alienating him from his wife a little bit. And I wonder if that's because the film knows that you know this is going to, which way this is going. Yeah. Yes, I think so. So it's like, well, we don't need to focus on the negatives because that's all to come well and, yeah but it, it always depicts them objectively yeah it, it, like the the strings don't swell when the the, the nasty stuff happens mm. it's a scandinavian film there's no melodrama there's no grandstanding yeah it was it was just a nice little surprise mm. i only really have one critique okay my critique is really minor okay i like that alcohol really runs through the film right not just what they're doing but mm. The kids do it. They have like this. Well, ritual. that's that's part of like how he bonds, how Martin ends up bonding with his students. Yeah. He's talking about because he's teaching history. Yes, and he's talking about like these these Titanic figures of history um, through the prism of alcohol. Yeah, and, it's, uh, and they're friends as well. They're like, oh, Ernest Hemingway will will mimic the way that Ernest Ernest Hemingway used to drink because he stopped drinking after eight o'clock. Right, but he drank all through the day, and look at what he achieved. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and like him telling his students that. Churchill was, a, you know, a drunkard and brilliant and mm. stuff like that. I like all that, and but but I didn't think that the film's gestures towards larger commentary. So like, there's that little entertaining montage showing all the world leaders. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a bit um, of a non sequitur. Yeah, that felt and, like out of nowhere. And his wife saying, "Oh, the whole country drinks anyway." Feels like it's gesturing towards larger commentary. And that's fine. I, for me, they didn't really land because I didn't know what it was trying to say, mm. other than. People everywhere drink. People everywhere drink. It's ubiquitous. Drink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that's all it needed to be. Maybe it didn't need any deeper depth, but I don't think it supplemented the maybe, experience. I don't know. Maybe it was the film's way of, of um, certainly contextualizing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, look at all of these people. They all drink. I suppose it's like, um, it's almost like they're depicting a subculture that we didn't know about. And like, so, oh, actually, this thing you didn't know about, look, it pops up here and it pops up here and it pops mm. up. I feel like I've watched loads of documentaries like that where it'll be this really niche thing. And, but then they'll show, oh, the, and here's the president using it or whatever. And mm. you go, oh, shit, it's everywhere. Yeah. But they're doing that for alcohol, which we all already know. Yeah. Is ever, it's almost like it's, it's a film for aliens. This is what alcohol is. <laughs> yeah. Everyone all over the world, all for the Middle East or something. It's like this. this yeah. <laughs> yeah. People who don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Encounter with that. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I think it was just a bit of like disposable fun. Like, here's a little montage showing world leaders. I don't think it did anything. Mm. Um, so, yeah, uh, but that's my only tiny critique. I really liked it. Okay. You? Well, I had nothing. Oh, no notes. I had no notes whatsoever. Okay. So I'm glad that you had notes. Is that a bad sign? I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting that um, most, if not all, of the best... Like the films that were nominated for Best Film of 2020 that I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. I've had no opinion on them. You have no opinion of this film? No, no, no. What I mean by that is like yeah. I've had nothing to say about them. Okay. Minari, Nomadland, and now this. Mm. I've come out of all of them with no notes going, yeah, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> 
But I will say, out of the three, this is the one that I like the most. Same. And it's the film that I feel the most confident giving an opinion on. Okay. In the sense that I can say it's a good film and I liked it. Yeah, okay. I, 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 will... I, 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 I seem to like it less than you. Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't think the film grabbed me okay. emotionally the same way it grabbed you. Okay. Those at the end, when um, his wife is texting him... Mm-hmm while everyone is singing and drinking merrily outside and it's just those white words on yeah. uh, black screen and she's saying like I miss you too mm-hmm. and he says like I thought that was a bit because Tommy's the one who dies isn't he yeah yeah I thought that was a bit when he was like I think Tommy is rooting for me and you yeah. it's like Jesus man pulling out the big guns oh right okay yeah like like my yeah, friend who's like just guilt, died guilt wants us to get him. back together yeah. I guess like, she's ma- already wants this as well mate I guess yeah. maybe you're, you only plant that flag if you suspect it's going in the right direction because otherwise yeah that's like a what the fuck yeah well fuck you yeah, I was yeah. just being nice you know <laughs> um, but yeah when she was texting him yeah I was like okay yes the film is doing its job it's not, I'm not completely cold cold from okay. it I'm not completely disconnected from it and yes it is, yeah seeing him be sad is tragic yes well you, you know that and Nomadland they both have a certain detachment mm. not to this film's detriment in my opinion but I will agree with you that Nomadland Minari and this I feel like I have less to say than I usually would about awards yeah. films I do agree with that yeah. I've got a bit more to say about this than I did about the other two mm-hmm. but yeah, I see where you're coming from. Mm. But overall, you liked it? I did like it. Okay, good. So we recommend it then? Yes, we recommend yes. it. Yeah. It's, it's quite an easy film as well, given that it's foreign cinema. <laughs> that scary thing. It's very, very accessible. Well, it's not just accessible, but there's no... I don't feel like there's any... Like, there's a language barrier, obviously, but if yeah. you're watching with subtitles, then yeah. whatever. Um, but there's no cultural barrier. There's that one bit in it. I think when I first saw it, I said to you, when he's leaving the house and he says to the kids, there's pizza in the fridge. Like, oh, they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the same as we are. Yeah, it's literally the yeah. same. Yeah, exactly the same. Like, is there anything? Like, uh, maybe um, the, the, the the lake race? Yeah, I don't... But even might then, we have... mention of the film. Even. Yeah, like, there's a um, a similar thing, like, here. Yeah. It's like, I, when I used to work in, in, in that petrol station, every year, at a certain time, on you know, a certain time of the year, yeah. I would start seeing all of these people walking past the petrol station, like, dressed up in costumes and holding, like, crates of beer. And, yeah, the idea is that you go from one pub in this one town Mm -hmm. to another pub in this other town with a a massive, like, barrel of beer or crate of beer. And you have to finish it before you get there. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly the same principle as the, as the lake races there really there really wasn't anything no there's maybe... nothing there's nothing alienating from the no. no it's it could be britain yeah in fact they're doing an american remake aren't they with uh dicaprio why i don't know this really doesn't need to be translated like parasite okay no 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 what I, what i mean okay is that like i imagine people look at that they're wrong but people mm. could look at that and go well that's quite different isn't it Parasite yeah well the only charity running thread that I'll extend to that mm. is I suppose you, there could be a whole different social context in an American version yes a diff, different yeah kind of, even yeah. though the theme of like poverty and, and yeah. all that is universal but, but different tropes the, different, this specific yeah. context within within which this story is taking place right like in New, it'd be different in New York than it would in Texas than it yes. would in Florida yeah like right. I can see how it's obviously a cynical maneuver mm. because like you already have the perfect incarnation of Parasite it's right there yes you it's could, Parasite it's, it's there it was there the whole time yeah you don't need to make another version of it but like whatever yeah 
you you want to frankly if you if people can't put in the effort of watching parasite they don't deserve a version of parasite yeah but like with another rounds it's pure cynicism i genuinely don't know what yeah a remake could be like what's the barrier for people here purely the language what barrier are we smashing down by remaking it for an American or for remaking it for an English speaking audience. Two things. Okay. Well, I don't know about breaking down barriers, but like a way that we can get more people to watch it. Yeah. One, it's going to be in English. Okay. Two, it'll have DiCaprio and not the guy that was the villain in that James Bond film. Or Hannibal Lecter. Or Hannibal, yes. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, at the end of the film when he's doing his dance number, he's, he's full of the sheaf, isn't he? From Casino Royale. Oh, yes. Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally yeah he black. properly is, yeah. Um, that's I feel it. like Mads Mikkelsen is a big enough name. Not not big as DiCaprio, admittedly. To us, maybe. Yeah. But not, I don't think, to... Not to the same people who would go because it's Leonardo DiCaprio, right? But what was the... Um, oh, he was in a Netflix film, wasn't he, Mads Mikkelsen? It was like a John Wick ripoff. He's in loads of films. No, it was like a John Wick ripoff. I have no idea. It's like the poster is him... It's the typical action thing where it's like he's facing away, but he's looking back at the camera. Okay. And there's like... Uh, rain, but there's like neon lighting. Oh yeah, I can picture the poster, but I don't know what the. Yeah, called. I'm gonna quickly yeah. look it up. Okay, um, because it was a Netflix film. Yeah, a Netflix action film. So methinks people would know him through that as well. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if he, he doesn't have name recognition though, does he? No, but he's, I, oh, it's that guy. But you don't know the name Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, okay, maybe yeah. that's a better way of saying it. Yeah. People wouldn't know the name Mads Mikkelsen, but you show it. He's a very recognizable man. Yes, yeah. You show well, a picture of him, it's like, oh, that guy, yeah. He's in a Star Wars film, I think, like maybe Solo or something. I think Rogue One. Rogue- yeah, he's the father of yes, he's the dad. main character. That's right. Yeah, he's a very, very prolific actor. A very good one. He is. The film is yeah. Polar. Polar, right, yeah, okay. He's also in Fantastic... Well, no, that's an upcoming Fantastic He's beast. replaced Johnny Depp, isn't he? He's the villain in Doctor Strange. He's in yes. loads of things. Yeah, he is. But, but again, the fact that people, they don't instantly people, spring to mind. People will know this man. They'll know when they look at him. Yeah. They'll know when they look at him. And I agree, like, importing it more westerly, it wouldn't add anything. No. Like, the context in Britain or America, really, is going to be the same. Yeah. For t- teachers. It's not like teachers make <laughs> yeah. a lot less or more money. Yeah, for they... white middle-aged teachers yeah. teaching white students about white history and culture. Right. That's... Well, that that would change. But yes, other than that. Well, even so, like, I can't imagine... Because the... it's not like, oh, we're learning about Scandinavian people. Like, they're learning about Hitler and Winston it's Churchill and, and Ernest yeah. Hemingway. Yeah. Big drinker. Not not Hitler, but like... No. Uh, but that's like the point, isn't it? He's yes. like, oh, you know... I drink some. Yes. Here are three candidates. One of them is like a womanizer and he's, yeah. he's a drinker and he's a terrible person. This other guy, he's had like two heart attacks and he's a big drinker and he's a terrible person. And here's this other guy who's like really nice to animals. Did you know? Did you figure yes, it out? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Nice to animals I knew. Like, oh, Hitler. Yeah. Because he was a vegetarian, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. He barely cut, smoked. To Akbar. It's a trap. That's what I knew. <laughs> I know what you're doing, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, yeah, it's like all of that stuff is also translatable. There is not a single scene in this film that you couldn't just copy. Word, word for word. Word verbatim. for word. And it would be lost in translation. Basically like the Gus Van Sant remake of Psycho, where he did a shot for shot, beat for beat remake. It would be that, right? It would basically be that. It would yeah, basically yeah. be that. But, but it would be now DiCaprio. Unless... Doing an oscar give me an Oscar, another Oscar do we know? Do we know if Thomas Winterberg is directing it? I wouldn't have thought so. Okay. Why, why would he? No, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that's the thing. Your, your version would lose his directing. This is really good. Okay, I was going to yeah. say I didn't think it was like amazing. I did. I recognized. Not, it, I recognized yeah. its quality. And yeah. I'd go. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm happy for that to be nominated for Best Director at the Oscar. Yeah, I'm just kind of happy that a film like that got a Best Director nomination. Yeah. Like such a... Because it was up for a BAFTA. I thought, oh, that's... Because the BAFTAs this year were so idiosyncratic and mm. weird. I said, oh, they've nominated Thomas Vinterberg. I guess this this is a fucking weird year at the BAFTAs. And yeah. then he was also up for the Oscar. Yeah. Like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. And he does deserve it. It, it is a well-directed film. Mm. But yeah, it's just nice that a film like that... Which I suppose is what people would also say about Nomadland, but... Yeah. Alas. Maybe. Is that it for another round? I think so. Okay. It's all right. Yeah, I like it more. You do like it but more. But we both recommend it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now a bit more of a nebulous topic. Oh, that's exactly what this podcast needs. <laughs> yes. Nebulous, nebulous conversation. Okay. I think the overarching banner mm. could be trust in institutions and cultivating empathy. That's the name of this chapter. Is that... Okay. <laughs> okay. Is that so, the name of this episode? <laughs> cultivating empathy? I don't know. Cultivating empathy and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's quite... It's quite a mouthful. It is quite a yeah. mouthful. But yeah, I'm not sure that... like, If you were to present that drier statement <laughs> to a potential audience, they'd go, No. Yeah. I know I'm not listening to that. Yeah. And then they, they, they click and it's... Do, 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 do. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this will be okay. And then like two minutes later, they're like, why am I still listening? Why am I listening to a film review? <laughs> it's called Cultivating Empathy. Yeah. Anyway, um, so are, are you familiar with SJW Central on YouTube? Oh, are these like the compilation Yeah, just quickly thrown together yeah. uh, compilations um, of like SJW owned and SJW whatever. Okay. They're not um, high discourse. No. I watch them for a laugh, usually when I'm waiting for you to show up. <laughs> right, okay. It's just things I put on. Oh, so this whole segment is my fault, because if I was sure. on time, yes. you wouldn't even have seen the thing that inspired us to talk about it's interesting whatever this that, is. Especially for you, it's interesting that you've framed it as your fault rather than your doing. It's right. like we now have content because of you. Isn't that a good thing? Well, we'll see what that content okay. is first. Well, I've been... You know, I'm not politically sympathetic to the people that look like idiots in the videos, mm. so I therefore enjoy them. Mm. Um, but I've been binging them, and the cumulative the cumulative effect has remarkably been one of empathy. Okay. So I, you've seen a bunch of Change My Minds, right? Stephen Crowder's yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. Everyone will know the meme, at least. But yeah, he goes to a college campus, sets up a table, and it has Change My Mind and a, a proclamation on it. Mm. Like, in this instance, rape culture is a myth. Mm. And it's kind of like the most popular one where this girl comes up, starts screaming at him, saying that she was raped and blah, 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 blah. And all the other girls here, like, more have been raped than you think. And he asks her to sit down, but she's hysterical and over-emotional, whatever. Now, a few months ago, this would have elicited contempt or a chuckle. But I was thinking, if she was genuinely raped by the standards of your mm. actual rape, her attitude can be understood, if not excused. Basically, she's not the right person to be having that debate, Right. To, okay. to, to prove the existence of rape culture. You shouldn't really be getting a rape victim to uh, prove your case. Okay. Do you not agree? Well, what are, you, are you, what are you saying by that? I'm saying there's such a thing as conflict of interest. Cops can't investigate their own kin. Mm. BLM supporters would theoretically be precluded from serving on the Derek Chauvin jury. Okay. There is such a thing as conflict of interest. Yeah, yeah. She's not the one you dispatch to prove the existence of rape culture. Do you agree? Well, I mean, does so should she not? She shouldn't be a part of that conversation. I'm not saying that. Okay, I'm saying that if if it's a debate that we're supposed to be having, mm. I don't think that she is the ideal candidate for that. I'm sure there are rape 
I hate the word survivors. Um, victims. Mm. We need to come up with another word. Yeah, because the whole point of the them. whole point of yeah. survivor is because victim is like such a demeaning. Yeah, it's, it's such a demeaning word with survivor. It's like, oh, you've. You it's overagging it though. Yeah, I don't like survivor. It's overcorrection. A, it's an overcorrection. Yeah. yeah, rape. Fill in blank. We'll come up with something. Okay. Um, That's, that is what they did. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, you're doing it this episode. <laughs> it took yeah. a moment to be like, oh, that's really not okay yeah, what you just okay. say. Uh, but anyway, so I'm sure there are rape persons that, that could have... Uh, you always call them that. Yeah, rape persons. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you, you do that when it's something's taboo. You say rape loudly. Yeah. Rape. Rape. They, I'm sure there is one or two that can have imagined objective conversation about mm. all that stuff. And I've heard those people speak. Mm. But anyway, the point is, I was, I was like, I can't hate this person mm. because as far as she's concerned, there is someone on her campus excusing rape. That's what she thinks is happening. Yeah. She is wrong, mm. but that's what she thinks. And in her shoes, that makes sense. Mm. I'll extrapolate that. To those that genuinely believe, they genuinely believe that they're in the nascence of the Fourth Reich. Mm. Reich. And in the context of that conviction, they're behaving rationally. Yeah. Like, if you really thought you were living in Nazi Germany version 2, mm. how would you be behaving? Yeah. Like, they're wrong. Like, obviously, they're no, no, wrong. No, no, yeah. no, I, no, I'm, I'm sort of letting um, that image digest, I yeah. suppose. I th- you know, there's obviously a failure of parenting and education and stuff like that oh okay <laughs> no no like there is with the, the, this generation like if they if they think that they are living in nazi germany basically mm. they've not been educated very well have mm. they but if they do think that you can't hate it too much you can hate what generated that mindset yeah but and like again i'll reiterate i have zero ideological sympathy yeah we don't, we don't want to excuse the result no, even, even if you're saying like okay i I if, if this it. is genuinely what you believe, yeah. I understand why you're acting the way you are. Yes. You, still, you don't want to excuse that I'm behavior. Not at all. No. Not at all. They're, they're obnoxious, ignorant, insert derogative, mm. whatever. But I think I get it now. Okay. It's almost like basic empathy, like putting yourself in their shoes. But they're so shrill mm. and just repulsive, usually. Oh, I just can't even, like, stand it. Yeah. Like, they think. It's like, it reminded me of that Louis C.K. joke when he's talking about abortion, mm. which he's pro- but he was saying, like, to the people in the audience that are pro-abortion, the pro-lifers, they think you're killing babies. Mm. So how do you expect them to behave? Yeah. I am pro-life, as you know, more mm. than I am pro... Well, I'm very begrudgingly pro-abortion, let's say. Okay. Right? But, yeah, like, that's what you've got to think. They think you're killing babies. And you are and you're, you think they're just whiny zealots. Mm. They think you're killing babies. Yeah. How do you think that... Yeah. So I'm kind of trying to think that way about these college kids. Okay. Um, is that helping you at all? Yeah, a bit. A bit. This, I don't know. This year and last year, I feel like I keep becoming fucking empathetic. <laughs> I said to my father this, and he went, oh, for you, that's good. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you needed that. So, um, you being yeah. one of the figureheads of this of this fourth <laughs> right. The lack of empathy. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I just wanted to say that, really. I, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, the rape one, I, don't, I really don't know, actually. Because I know what you're saying about, like, the lack of impartiality. Yeah. And when you're having a discussion about an issue like that, it's like, do we live in a rape culture? Is rape... I feel like, like, reasonably, you couldn't look at the culture we live in and go, rape is celebrated. No. It's really not. Like, even if a false allegation 
is made against the guy. Mm-hmm. That's a stink you can't wash off. Like it's gonna, you, no. you need some very strong shampoo to wash that stink off. Yeah, I think the argument generally, right, is that it's either ignored, swept under the rug, mm. it's under prosecuted, and, and then like they, they kind of they widen that to encompass things like catcalling, like that creates the that's mindset the, that's the thing. That, yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to expand the boundaries. The risk no. is that you're expanding the boundaries to such a degree that you're including stuff that it doesn't doesn't apply anymore, yeah. and that is diminishing the effect of the legitimate points. Yeah. Um, I think rape culture, for it to be such a thing as rape culture, mm. right, it either has to be legal mm. or it has to be generally regarded as not b- a big deal. Like with weed, right? Because like if you're, if you're caught with um, cocaine mm-hmm. or LSD or some like illegal drugs, mm-hmm. police are like, right, we're taking you in. Yeah. Whereas like with weed, there's less of a... Like, it's still not... It's still frowned upon, like, yeah. in the eyes of the law. But I think there's it, they're a lot more willing to be like, all right, just, you know... Weed isn't, you know... Conservative use of weed is not immoral. It might be illegal, but it's not immoral. It's not immoral. And, and I think there's, there, there's, there, there have been instances, right, where, like, like they've caught someone smoking weed and it's like, right, well, I didn't see that. Yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, I didn't see that. Like, I hope to never see it again. That kind of... Yeah. So, I like, I guess, like, if you... To live in a rape culture... It, it, Rape would be treated similarly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I, I okay, I didn't see the rape, but don't don't rape again. You know? Right, it's not just being illegal because I'm pretty sure the the countries where there are rape cultures, mm. it's probably illegal. Probably, yeah. but you know, like it, parts of the Middle East. Well, yeah, I would. That's, that's something I would have to look up. In fairness, I really don't know. I'm sure they are. I'm mm. sure they are. But the, like countries where lawlessness is so rampant, it doesn't even matter. Mm. But you know, like the beasts of the southern. Not beast of the sample. Yeah. Beast of no nation. Right. Beast of no nation. That um you know, the, the child soldier African mm. thing. That's a rape culture. Parts of the Middle East are rape cultures. Yeah. We do not live in a rape culture. Anyway, I didn't want to go off a tangent about No, rape no, no. Culture. My yeah, no, yeah. my point was yeah. only gonna be like I don't know where I stand because yeah, yeah like, that's fair. she's not impartial. Well, Some, I, yeah, someone yeah. who has been raped is not impartial. Okay, I understand that. Yes. But that is a perspective worth considering in the conversation, isn't it? Absolutely. You, it's 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 valuable to hear what that person has to say. Of course. Yeah. Maybe not in, in a debate, though. Like, that's trying to prove the existence of rape culture. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it should be a person going, I've spoken to these people who tell me their story. I, I don't mm. think that person should be... Because you could never... You could never... Even if they were being as objective as they could, mm. it would be difficult to divorce... Like the anecdotal evidence aspect of it almost. Ignoring the impartiality of it. Like the fact that she wouldn't be able to be a lawyer for a rape victim. Right? Ignoring mm. that, the legal yeah, yeah. standing of it. Just her, how emotional she was is what should preclude her from having that conversation. If you know you're getting upset about a subject that should be talked about ra- reasonably, yeah. you should recuse yourself. Yeah, we got, like if we're talking about rape, we kind of need to be on our best behavior. Right, yeah. We're talking about like the, the potential existence of rape culture and all that. We need to be present, yeah, and not making the jokes that like we were making no, I don't during know. this discussion. <laughs> it's like whenever you know I'm annoyed, someone sent me a message and it's annoyed me. Mm. You know my rule. It's like I never respond in anger. It's like right, just calm down mm. and then respond because yeah. that's not the you've got to walk away for a second, yeah. and gather your thoughts, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that led me to think a bit more broadly about us talking about this sort of stuff on the podcast. Okay. Why do we do it, basically? Mm. Other than being selfish, because it's what interests us. Well, me, anyway. I, I, sometimes it's almost <laughs> for me, right? Um, 
I think maybe the listeners, the people who do listen to us, maybe don't necessarily need us, but they might need a counterbalance. Okay. They might need to hear somebody talking this way about these issues. Right. It doesn't have to be us. I'm not saying, oh, we are the lone voices. Yeah, no, of course we're not. uh, Yeah, of course not. But I talked before about just feeling kind of depressed with the state of the world and Mm. the futility. The futility, the fury, the exasperation, that's all settled for me now. It's, we're just going to keep sharing these stories. It's it's the Spoon's Kitchen. It's a treadmill. Right. Like, we're not going to change anything, probably. Mm. But I think that's okay. We're just going to be another voice. Okay. Do you agree with that? Fun. <laughs> Fun well, filtered. Look, look, betwixt the film reviews and the japes. <laughs> but still. Okay. Okay, so... How, do, how does that... Sorry, I probably missed it. How, yeah. how does that tie into empathy? That, that, point that doesn't necessarily tie into empathy. It just... Uh, I suppose it does. Like, my personal feeling of heightened empathy. Mm. Because when we usually talk about these issues, it's fueled by anger and bafflement and bewilderment. Mm. And that will recur. Mm. But I think uh, I, I sailed into a port in the storm and thought, why do you talk about this stuff <laughs> right. if you're not annoyed about it? Okay. So, well, because the world needs a diversity of voices and we can be one of those mm. voices. Okay. Okay, so I've got a series of bitty news stuff. Okay. Is empathy over? Yeah. Okay. The empathy's over. All right. Empathy's done now. Fuck the empathy. On to annoyance. Yeah, again. we're done with empathy. We're done with charity. Done. <laughs> yes. Now for the second fury. Act. Yeah. <laughs> now for you. Okay, so I've titled this section on my in my notes, A Series of Lies and Travesties. Okay. <laughs> US edition. <laughs> okay, so I, uh, you said you've been out of the loop sort of news-wise. Yeah, I've just kind of started a new job. So yeah. it's, it's not the type of... It's not like working... At store X. I was about to yeah. say store again, but I realized yeah. I have to keep that going maybe forever now. And I, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, Every little hedge helps. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not working overnight, like 10 nights a week. Like no. my life is not completely over It's now. a nine to five. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a nine to five. It's a, it's a far more comfortable, far more... Um, suitable. Suitable experience, yes. yeah. So yeah, it's not like my f- schedule is forever ruined. It's mm-hmm. just like because I'm starting a new job, you, I'm finding... Yeah, you're in the Maya. Yeah. yeah, I'm just finding a new schedule. So yes, because of that, I have been out of the loop somewhat with things that are going on. Yes. Which so, is what made me, which is what made it all, made it all the more baffling for me. Yeah. That you were like, I'm <laughs> so glad that you didn't bring anything to the podcast this week. Yeah. So like, I, what have I missed I in just, like the six days that I've not been here? Yeah. Well, yesterday I just sent you a bunch of the required reading, mm. didn't I? Um, have you read the required reading? Some of it. Some of it. Okay. Well, so the first bit is Fauci. Anthony, the doctor, the American doctor. Oh, the American doctor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe you don't know Fauci? No, no, no. I, I just assume like, uh, is this like a philosopher or is this Fauci. like... Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't know. Fauci just sounded like one of those names. Like, like Nietzsche oh, I, or something. Yeah, I've been yeah. reading Fauci. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, his emails have been leaked. Okay. They? No, not leaked. I think they they legally have been obtained. Like a freedom of information request. What is Fauci to America, I suppose? He's the leading health specialist, basically. He's the... Is he the Surgeon General? He's the guy. He's the face of the medical establishment in America. Okay, so... He's, he's been spearheading the anti-COVID... Right. Thing. So if, if if this story is unfavorable to Fauci, this is a big deal. Yes. Okay. Thank you for contextualizing. No, no, I, it's, it's more to help me okay. at the moment, because I, I really am flying blind at the moment. Okay. Have you not, do you not know about much about Fauci then? Have you well, not been like hearing his name a lot? 
No, but like, I'm sure there are like equivalents over here. What's the equivalent? It's like I honestly don't know. It's, it's not, not Donald. What's his name? Oh yeah, um, I don't know. See, this is the thing that the it's the grass is greener. I don't really follow British politics. No, but like obviously because um, through COVID, I think everyone yeah. was just watching just to know what yeah. was going on. You started watching Matt Hancock comes up a lot, but it's not him. Yeah, it's Matt Hancock. Oh, there, there yeah. was there was three of them, wasn't there? There was there's Boris Johnson in the middle, then there's Matt Hancock, and then there's the other one who was showing up on all the NHS ads. Yeah, he's got a weird face. He's got like a sunken face. Can't remember his name, but that one. But that guy, yeah, yes, I suppose he's their equivalent. Yes, yeah. Well, the the leaked the the released emails reveal that Fauci knew about the effectiveness of masks very early on, and he kind of said that he had lied about that deliberately okay to save ppe for key workers right but also he knew about the, that there was evidence of a lab leak oh Wuhan. right okay um yeah is this something that we've alluded to on the podcast before that it's 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 seeming more and more likely with every day that it was uh, it was leaked from a wuhan yeah from china lab from a lab yeah yeah well the guardian's reporting on it so it must be true oh shit okay <laughs> uh not not because the guardian has such veracity but because the Guardian, you know, they, they are entirely, they would be entirely ideologically opposed to people proposing the meme of the Wuhan mm. lab leak. Yeah. Conspiracy theorists, all that. Yeah. Yes, it's looking basically more likely than not okay. that it came from a Wuhan lab. Deliberately or? No. It's just that like, they, they weren't able to contain it. Well, the, the kind of the straw man argument against this hypothesis is... Oh, what you think they, the, the Chinese like they invented this virus and to kill their own people? Mm. No, no, no one's saying that. No. we're saying that it escaped. Yeah, we're not saying that they. Yeah, and that does look looks like at the moment that that's the case. Okay, but he knew about this early on and was like discrediting it, and he was getting emails from other doctors saying thank you for doing that. And, right, and he also knew about immunity post infection. Basically, while he was telling all of America, you can't do this, you can't, you can't do that. You can um, gang up to protest, but you can't do this, you can't mm. do that. Kind of. Uh, he knew all along. That once you caught it, you were basically going to be immune afterwards and right, okay. all this stuff. So that's the first datum. Okay, so that's not great. So that's not great. No. What's the, what is the, the policy at the moment? In America, it's different yeah. state to state, isn't it? I yeah, because like Red Letter Media did that little uh, that little <laughs> skit, yeah. didn't they? In the, At the beginning of their Army of the Dead review. It was like, can I wear a mask indoors? And they're like, yes, but only to go indoors. When you're indoors, it's fine, unless you're walking around. But you have to sit at a table to take it off. And it's kind of like here, isn't it? But they, yeah, they yeah. were like they were throwing all of these like confusing rules. Most of which I assume, I'm assuming like the final couple were probably hyperbolic, yeah, but like arbitrary system. Yeah, they? but then the beginning ones, it's like yeah, this is completely yeah arbitrary. And there's like I don't even know if they're rumors, but like oh, you have to wear three masks and you oh have to, yeah yeah, I don't even know. You know, like, I, I, we're in a position in the UK at the moment where we're getting very close to things maybe just, like... No, it's been delayed again, hasn't it? It has been July. delayed again. It's going yeah. back to July. Yeah. But we were told that at the end of June, it'll all, it'll all be over. Mm. And it's not going to be over in the sense that we won't have to wear masks anymore, anymore mm. and the virus will be gone and everything mm. will be okay. There will be, Normal means something different mm-hmm. to what it was before. But we're still, we're very close to getting to the point where it's like, yeah, the UK is just open now, you know? Yeah. So I don't even know where America is at at the moment. This is the thing. Obviously, viruses mutate. And like, there's, like maybe we're going to need a vaccine every year. Kind mm. of thing. I don't know. Whatever. Everyone's going to vaccinate it at the moment. I'm like, we are quite far ahead in terms of vaccinations. Mm. I'm, there may, there's obviously something I'm missing. I don't know why we don't open up after everyone's vaccinated. 
What? Why the masks and all this bullshit after everyone's been vaccinated? What's the point of being vaccinated? Yeah, is like, it? Am I being a simpleton here? But like, I thought vaccination means you don't catch it, or if you catch it, you you, you know it doesn't kill you. No, if you catch it, you are symptomless, but yeah. you are carrying the virus. That's fair enough. But if everyone's vaccinated. But everyone the, isn't vaccinated. No, but the people the who choose not to be, that's their problem. No, but you have to factor in people who can't, who can't be vaccinated. Who can't be vaccinated. I'm assuming pregnant women, they're usually excluded from things. You can't. Okay, fine. Yeah, so... There's, there's probably people with underlying health conditions that, like, they can't... Whether there's, like, a component of the vaccine. Because when I had to... When yeah. I went to get my first vaccine, there was a bit of a... Um, you confused the I confused the, the woman a bit. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I think I've got a nickel allergy. And she was like... <laughs> You think you've got a nickel allergy? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I've been told I've had one, but I've never noticed any effects. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry. Wait here. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go speak to someone yeah. now. Um, but she was like, oh, it's fine. There's no nickel in the vaccine. So yeah, maybe if you have like an allergy mm-hmm. to something that's in the vaccine, you can't have it. So there were, yeah. admittedly, there will be a lot of people who's just like, I'm not getting the vaccine because blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there will be people who genuinely can't okay, get the fair vaccine. Enough. And, then- we do- and we don't want them to suffer. Do we? Well, obviously not. No. This is my position on it. I've got a life to lead. I know that sounds selfish. <laughs> no, 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 no. A little bit, no, but no. Like, I'll see where you go yeah, with this. You protect the vulnerable, mm. people who can't have it or whatever. They, But it's Spock. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Okay. After a certain point, I'm not staying home because someone somewhere mm. might have a bad reaction. I'm not doing it. Why, mm. sh- why should I? I'm a free human being. Yeah. And after I've been vaccinated... I shouldn't have to wear a mask either. Well, this is the thing. I don't know. Firstly, I don't know if the argument I'm presenting is even valid. I don't know if this is uh, the no. thinking of the yeah, people I who are telling know. us we still have to wear yeah. masks. And I don't know if that thinking is true. Mm. I don't know if the idea is that, well, because those people can't have the vaccine, you will forever have to wear a mask. Right. It could just be a case of, we still want you to wear masks until we can figure out a way around right. this issue. Also, we're not done yet, so just fuck, don't complicate it. Yeah. Just- I'm happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to be like, yeah. oh yeah, some people will be vaccinated, but some people won't be. So yeah. like some of you can take your masks off, but some of you can And some people are going to lie about it. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. So right. it's like, if everyone just wears masks, then we all know where everyone is at the moment. And that's We all know fine. where we all stand and we're not confusing yeah. anyone. But I said, didn't I, I think really early on, like everyone's waiting for that day when all of a sudden the masks come off yeah. and everything opens. Not going to happen. I was talking with someone on... I just realized it was Tinder. So I was, someone, <laughs> I was talking with someone on Tinder about this. Okay. And she said to me, do you think life will ever be normal again? Is this what Tinder is now? It used to be like, <laughs> oh, I have pictures of my dog. And now it's like, do you think... There's also that. Do you think things will ever be the same again? No, to- uh, the Tinder is no Tories. That's what Tinder is. Oh, right. Uh, but she said, will it ever be normal again? I said, as a pessimist, I still unbelievably think yes, but not because the government is going to tell us when mm. I think people are just going to get impatient. Yeah. Go, you know what? I'm just going to go live life now. And, I feel like and that, that would build, it's kind of happening. Yeah. But that will build up to a point where it will tip over, where they can't enforce anything anymore. Yeah. I mean, there's still like, because we've been to a couple of um, yeah. drinking establishments now. Mm-hmm. And apart from the fact that you have to wear a mask to move between the table and the toilet. And you've got to pay at the table. And, and you've got to pay at the table. And obviously you can't move from your table. Yeah. Apart from that, it's like, yeah, this is this is what it, we were doing before. This yeah, you can't it. dance, obviously. But it, what we're missing is spontaneity. Hmm. That's what you're missing. You can't just go to a pub because you feel like it. No. Want to go to the pub? Oh, we booked a table. That's what people are missing. Yeah. It, and the fact you can't just incidentally meet somebody. Hmm. You, that's what pubs are for. That Even if you just go in there with your mate, you might meet somebody. You yeah. might have a, a chance encounter that... 
you can't really do that anymore. No. Like, we went to a pub to meet our friends, girlfriends' friends. Yes. And we couldn't sit at the same table as them. And it's just like... No, okay, so, yeah, we couldn't... We we pulled chairs around. Yeah. With an already, an, an admittedly already rather crowded table. Yes. So, like, you were behind someone and I was behind you. Yeah. Because that was just the arrangement that we had. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the guy came over and was like, I'm sorry, I can't allow this. Yeah. But what I can do is I can move them to that table. And it, we were basically the same distance. It's a farce. Yeah. It is a farce. But, like, because, it you know, it follows the rules. I'm Like, I know, like, he probably would allow it. Mm. But if someone was to report it, fine, whatever. Exactly. Totally yeah. understand, even though he's a wanker. But, <laughs> so I know, I know the guy, he's a wanker. Uh, his name is, uh... <laughs> but... Yeah, you just like, really? Has this really made a difference? Yeah. And the whole thing is absurd, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, let's move off from that. Okay. Are you familiar with hydroxychloroquine? Hang on, what, what, what is happening? What do you mean, what's happening? Fauci. We were talking about Fauci. Yeah, we that ta- was done now. We, we were talking about Fauci. We tangented from Fauci. Into COVID. Into COVID. And now we're staying in COVID for a little Oh, bit. we're staying in COVID? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is, the, what is uh, hydrogen peroxide or whatever you just said? <laughs> hydroxychloroquine. What's that? It's uh, part of a treatment for COVID. Like that was uh, kind of trialed early on, basically. Right. Uh, Donald Trump was singing its praises a lot. And then some woman apparently made her husband drink Drano because it contained... Oh, yeah, no. Some shit like that. No, no, because like the the story that I heard was, yeah, that he was saying you should drink... Drain cleaner. Yeah, like bleach or something because it contains the thing that kills the virus. It's not true. No? But uh, the story was some woman had made her husband drink it and he died... I think it's later transpired that it was actual, it was murder or something. I don't know. Anyway, it, it, and because Trump was for it, the media was against it. I'm mm. like, oh, how dare you? You're spreading false, whatever. Um, it's now been shown to be effective. <laughs> right. If you take it okay. with zinc, which no one was ever saying you take it alone, you take yeah. it with supplements, uh, it, the, it could increase the COVID survival rate by 200%. Oh, shit. That's okay. what it could have done if it had been used early on. Okay. So that's quite a big lie, isn't why, it? Why did, why did Trump endorse it? Because, like, early trials were po- seemed positive. They seemed to be okay. generating good results. But because he was for it, everyone else had to be against it. No, I see it. that. Yeah. I, see, I see that. Well, I see it a bit. If there's, like, concrete evidence yeah. that, it, that it's I, I working. Don't, I think it's, obviously, it's, it's become more concrete recently. Okay. But the fact that it was discredited, like, how dare you even say the word... Uh, but it's, yeah, they're now saying that it could have saved a lot of lives. saved a lot of people, okay. Yeah. So that's another lie. Right. Here's the third. Are you, were you ever familiar with the story about um, Trump clearing out peaceful protesters from the front of a church? Not from the front of a church. Okay. Uh, for a photo op, basically. So it was, well, it's a lie. But he wanted a photo, he had a photo you're taken. Throwing, you're throwing things at me so quickly, so I can't even keep up. Trump had a picture of him taken outside um, the front of a burnt out church. Okay. And the story was that the police had moved in and evacuated all these peaceful protesters so he could have his moment. No, I might know this. Because yeah. didn't, didn't like Joe Biden, because this was, he was, yeah. um, Joe Biden was running for president at the time and he was like, Trump just... They fired... Yeah, Trump just attacked crowd, American yeah. people, attacked the American people so that he could take a photo. Yeah. And Kamala Harris parroted it as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's not true. It's come out that there's been an inquiry into it. Mm. Plans uh, were made two days earlier to build fences around the area to protect cops because cops are being attacked by these peaceful protesters. <laughs> um, yeah. Trump, Trump must just be at a point now where he's like, when someone's like, we're going to launch an inquiry against him, he's like, fucking come on then. The thing is that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah the thing is No though, one survives an inquiry better than me. No one does deniability better than me. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> 
that Sam Harris hates Trump yeah. and he's always slacking him off, right? But he did make the point, like, you don't need to lie about this guy to have a problem with him. No. <laughs> Which I agree. Like, he has plenty of flaws it's, it's, and faults. I, I can it, understand, like, you know, if you hate someone, you want them to be as, as bad as possible. Like, yeah. it's, I, I don't know if this is, like, t- also tying in the empathy point a little bit. But, like, a video that I've sort of been watching over the past few days. Are you familiar with Dark Side Phil? No. I didn't think you would be. <laughs> But I'm, is he I, a gamer? He is a gamer. Oh, okay. He is a Twitch gamer. Okay. He's one of the one of those gamers that like streams well, he has himself. Does he? No, Sam. The, I'm playing the part of a of a fuddy old fuddy daddy. Fuddy dad playing yeah. the part, is it? <laughs> I commit the to fucking sixty year old in your twenties that you are. <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, methoding since. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, wasn't it literally like you were like you were thinking of doing stand up at one point? And that was literally going to be your routine. My shtick. Yeah, it was like yeah, I like uh, oh, it's good. The kids they they have a reading festival now. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> I went to this reading yeah. festival. Yeah. Alas, <laughs> that's yeah. It was not Alas. what I thought. It was loud, loud music yeah. and all sorts. No yeah. books to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he does. He streams himself playing video games and stuff. And there's there was this, like this video which was like oh the top ten worst moments of. 2020 like dark side Phil's <laughs> top 10 worst right. moments in gaming or in just, no, just in the year all right and it was weird because like the the video was like presented as almost like this david attenborough-esque documentary like he's clearly yeah. making his voice well if, if he's and, a, a live streaming gamer yeah i imagine that there's quite a light tone to his content well that's the thing all of a sudden we're getting like george floyd in the top 10 i imagine that was in there right what was George Floyd in his top 10 worst moments? No, 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 you misunderstand. Oh, I see. Someone that was not Darkside Phil right. made a top 10 worst moments of Darkside Phil Oh, my, okay, my apologies. Okay, yes. right. Right, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, yes, like this was, it was like a three-hour video because mm. he's a streamer because obviously there's, there's tons and tons of content. Yes. And there were like some moments in there where it was, it was like, um, they were like, I think there was like a guy, are you familiar with them? Um, Probably not. I'll give it a go. I think he's called um, not angry atheist. What's he called? Oh, Tech Review USA. How do you confuse those two? I I don't know. <laughs> I feel of angry atheist. I I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, I think he's like I think Tech Review USA. I could be wrong, yeah. but I think he talked about um, like the news. You know, he's one of those guys. Like the news has just come out. Naughty Dog have announced that they don't like men anymore. Like one of those right, people. Okay. Not as reductive as that. It was like right. genuine news, but he would speak out against like... Okay. He cobayed it a bit, didn't he? Yeah, a yeah, little okay. bit. Um, and I think now he's doing like podcast content. He's kind of evolved a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Darkside Phil was it was like... Um, I think he mentioned him on one of his streams. Mm-hmm. This was one of the moments. And he mentioned him on one of his streams. And news got back to review t- Tech USA. So he was like, oh, I'm going to ask Phil if he wants to be on my, pa- on my podcast. Mm. And Phil was like, yeah, I don't want to be on this guy's podcast. That's ridiculous. And then Review Tech USA goes on like this massive rant. Mm. It's like, oh, I can't believe he's so irrelevant. Why is he like this? You know, <laughs> you can't just go around trash talking people. Okay. Like they kind of like, you know, yeah, yeah. I kind of see what he's saying. Right. You can't just go around trash talking people and then just dismissing them as like they're the pro, like this big right. rant. Right, right. And then at the end, it's, it's someone like, because he's streaming his rant while Darkside Phil is streaming. <laughs> Because this is what culture is. Yeah. Um, and then, like, someone says, "Oh, by the way, Dark Side Phil's talking about you." He's like, "He's still talking about me." Mm-hmm. Oh, what's this loser? What's he saying? <laughs> Despite the fact that he was just doing a rant. Yeah. So There's like moments in that video where it's like, I, I kind of, I see what the video is presenting to me. Yeah. 
But I don't know. I feel like you're being a bit reductive towards Darkseid. Well, hypocritical. A bit hypocritical yeah. in that instance as yeah. well. But then when you get to like the, the more egregious examples towards the end of the video, mm. it talks about how like Darkseid Phil filed for bankruptcy. Right. And com- and he completely falsified all of the evidence on his bankruptcy report. Right, okay. Because they managed to access the document that he gave. And he was saying like, oh, I don't have a cat. I don't have uh, right. my own apartment. I don't have blah, blah, blah. And he was showing clips from his videos showing that he has all of these things he okay. said he didn't have. Right. So the the thing that I'm sort of doing here is I'm tying it back into empathy in the sense that like, yeah, I kind of like, I don't like this Dark Side film. Yeah. Because his content is awful. Mm. He like genuinely, he started, I think it was over the course of like seven months. He basically started this thing where if he gets over $100 of donation in a stream, mm-hmm. he'll put on a vest. Oh, how whimsical. Exactly. Yeah. It's a beige vest. Right. And he he earned something like £30,000 worth of donations just putting on a vest. Yes. Right? This is the quality of the content of the man. Yeah. And yeah, and then it gets to the point where like he's lying to the, like, and they play, they somehow got access to the, um, the hearing. Right. Of like him saying, like him presenting all of the evidence to the judge that he filed for bankruptcy. And again, it's all fabrications. But for, for whatever reason, they granted him bankruptcy. Uh, okay, you know, okay, so he's granted bankruptcy. Yeah. Uh, has it, did it come out he had done it erroneously or have the, has the internet investigated it? The internet has investigated okay. it. Okay. Where I have think- all the reporters gone? Because <laughs> not only the, like the ideology and the idealistic reporting, the narrative-driven reporting, mm. ignoring all that, yeah. the, the journalism is dead. But like the the Derek Chauvin trial, mm. the litigators couldn't fucking find the guy's Facebook account. Yeah, and now the bank they can't like Google the guy. Mm. To, do you know what I mean? I, no, but there's there's a moment in the in the recording where um, I think the judge is on the line, he's on the line, like Darkside Phil's on the line, his lawyer is on the line, and then there's somebody who represents the bank is on the line as right, well. Yeah, yeah. And I think Darkside Phil put down that he's like his business business expenses. There's something like. For, this could be a, like an incorrect figure. Mm-hmm. It was like four thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. He he's a streamer, right? He plays video games in his house. What is he spending four thousand dollars a month on? Yeah, and right, and how can he justify those as business expenses? So of course, like he just put a lot of bullshit in the document. Yeah, and the guy from the bank was like, "I'm looking at your document here. Can you explain to me why you're spending what you're spending four thousand dollars a month on?" Yeah. And the guy and him and his lawyer are both like, well, we, we put it in the form. It's like, yeah, I'm looking at the form. It makes no sense whatsoever. Right. And I think the judge just eventually just kind of goes, oh, we need to move on. Okay. And yeah, he's granted, like the guy has literally just earned $30,000 for putting on a vest and he's yeah. been granted bankruptcy. I see. So like it's, it's tying into the empathy thing in the sense that like, I don't like the guy at all. Yeah. And I think that he's kind of scummy. Oh yeah. But like, you know, um, there were moments in that video where I was like, I kind of like... The people who are criticizing him, they're either as bad or like, I'm not seeing the point that you're making. Yeah. And it also ties into your point about Trump. Like, yeah, this guy like cheated the system. Mm. You don't have to make up reasons to hate him. Yeah. Like there are things I dislike about him, but the... the Trump now, because obviously... You, <laughs> sorry, Trump. Yeah, yeah you yeah, don't yeah. know Darkseid. I don't know Darkseid. Yeah. yeah. Um, Trump, yeah, plenty of reasons to hate Trump. Yeah, but... The, you don't need to invent them. The tomba of his critics. Mm. I just hate them so much more. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's that's the problem. I said before, Joel, I think politically, you know, I, I skew conservative, but politically and culturally, this podcast is to be in the middle, to be the impartial, like, what's going on? <laughs> it's the same we talked about it before with, 
on the one hand, you've got let's award films because there's a black guy in it. Yeah. And then Shapiro is saying, you know, good we films. Sh- we should only be awarding films that make, that like, make money. all the money at the box office. Yeah. yeah. The world needs us. Yeah. <laughs> let's just award a film that's good. All right. For God's sake, let's go back to the, basics. The, a film that's good and not boring and yeah. didn't make all the money in the world. Let's do that. Yes. Shall we? Okay. Yeah. And then, no, that's, yeah. that's fair enough. And yeah. now we're here saying, like, you know, Trump is like a dislikable individual. Yeah, he's a liar. He without you having yeah. to invent all of this bullshit. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The fact that you've invented this bullshit. Because what that now does is it makes you. Yeah. It, it vindicates his most diehard supporters. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like you're making all this shit about Trump. It shows that he's not this villain that you say Especially he is. Especially people. Because here's the thing I don't think, I know that the game is rigged when it comes to the media. And, you know, there's a a disproportionate liberal monopoly on all that stuff. Mm. Evidently. Yeah. I'm not in my echo chamber. I try to read and watch as much as I can mm. from across the spectrum. Okay, I have people that I frequent more, whatever. That's because I've learned to trust them. Yeah. And so I don't think the people who say, oh, the, everyone's, the whole game's rigged against Trump are conspiracy theorists. Mm. But the people on the far reaches, on the margins of that, that are like... The government, you know, they're all, they're going to try and take down the fucking democracy and we'll go out with a gun. And, you know, those people, you're fueling their paranoia Mm. because they're kind of right about some of it is the problem. Yeah. But it's like, oh, he, you know, he attacked the American people. No, the American people you're referring to were attacking the police. Stop making shit up. You're justifying the blowback. Yeah. Right. So that was the third lie, I think. (laughs) Okay. Or fourth, I suppose, if Darkseid... uh, if oh yeah, if you want to include yeah, yeah. Darkseid Phil, yeah. Okay, the... I think that's it for the lies. But then... Well, I suppose it's kind of a lie. I can't remember the name of it, but a prominent medical or psychological journal in America okay. has now classified whiteness as a disorder. Whiteness. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know much more about it than that. When you say whiteness... Yeah. Do you mean... Being white. Well, we've talked Even about this, then, we? do you mean like physically being white or like... Acting white. Culturally, quote-unquote, being white. Well, this is the thing we've talked about. It's a meaningless word. Mm. Whiteness. Mm. I, I think I said, if not the last podcast, the one before. Unless you're talking about the pollidity of something. Mm. It's paleness. Yeah. I look at the sheer whiteness of that wall. Mm. It means nothing. So oh, he's, look at him walking around with all his whiteness. Yeah. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I actually don't know what you mean. But yeah, it's, it's now been included as a disorder. And whatever that journal is, it obviously needs to never be taken seriously ever well, again. Well, I, th- I think I would certainly like to know the name of that journal. Because I, yeah. I really want to see how they've justified it. Like, firstly, what... Should like, I Google it and then you can edit out the silence? Sure. Okay, so I've just Googled it. Look at that editing. Um, <laughs> it's It was a research article published last month in the Journal of the American Psychoanalytic Association. It called whiteness a malignant parasitic-like condition. Parasitic. Parasitic. Yeah. That it Hang on. What? <laughs> connects onto people. I, I, I don't know what that means. Pa- malignant. 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 Break down the, the, the words for me. What exactly are they saying? Oh, God. If you, you're actually, if you want to, you think they think what they mean by the words they use? No, uh, no. The, the meaning of the words they've actually used. Okay, the Don't try and burrow into what they think they okay, said. Okay. What have they actually they've said? They've called whiteness a malignant, yeah. parasitic-like condition. Okay. So malignant, that it's, you know, cancerous, basically. Yeah. It's deadly, in fact. Okay. And parasitic, that it latches onto people. 
So it's something that I guess like the behaviors uh, are mimicked in the wild. Right. And it's a thing that's self-destructive as well as extraneously destructive. Okay. And it I is, it, it's what we think, like, like, it's not like, oh, you know, um, whiteness, <laughs> some Latin word of like, oh, no, it's, it's no, actually no, no. this other condition. I'm reading on, right? It's it, The article's called On Having Whiteness. It was written by Dr. Donald Moss, a white man, who is a faculty member of both the New York Psychoanalytic Institute and the San Francisco Center for Psychoanalysis. Okay. Um, in the article, I'm reading from Newsweek, by the way, Moss wrote that white people have a particular susceptibility to the <laughs> to the condition. White people have a susceptibility <laughs> to, being, to white. being white. <laughs> Which he claims renders its hosts... He's really, like, going in on this metaphor. It's not even metaphors. <laughs> it renders its hosts' appetites voracious, insatiable, and perverse. He explains he believed that whiteness establishes entitled dominion that enables the host to have power without limit, force without restriction, violence without mercy, and increases one's drive to terrorize. This is racism. This is just racism. I don't care that a white guy did it. Okay. Right. Okay. So... Because it's funny, and then it's not. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, when it's like, oh, it's like this cancerous parasite. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah, oh, shut oh, up, right. And then he's like, no, it makes you greedy, and it makes you yeah. want to terrorize, terrorize and it makes yeah. you want to... What are you... I, okay. <laughs> Is there any? I, I, you know, it's probably too much to go into at the moment because we are reading this. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm at least reading this for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Does it actually like explain the the science of it, quote unquote? Like how this how this parasitic cancer manifests and how it like yeah how it infects the host? It's yeah. like it's all well and good being like oh whiteness is a parasite because white people tend to want things. Yeah, what's well, medical etymology basically? Yeah, like okay, is this, is this like a physical virus? Are you is yeah. it is it hereditary? Are you born with it? If okay. it, if you're a mixed race person, can, are you immune to it or can you be infected? Like explain well, be, something. Bear with cuz I'm kind of passing through the the reaction as well as the actual content of the thing. Yeah. So Moss also wrote that he felt whiteness easily infiltrates even groups founded on the protection of individuals on democratic principles. He postulated treatment for the condition. Effective treatment, this is all quotes now, effective treatment consists of a combination of psychic and social historical interventions. Right. What he's done here, I'll carry on now, but he's fused actual medicine slash psychology with a metaphor with kind of sociopolitical... Is this official or is this just one nutter in his off time? Oh, it's it's one guy. And like a lot of people have said, what is this racist Mm. bullshit? Yeah, I, I don't know how kind of yeah representative if, if, if it's like is. being implemented into a medical journal as like an officially recognized condition. Well, then it's been blood, published. Then bloody fucking hell. Yeah, I mean, but if it's just it's if published. it's like just one guy who's like, here is my proposal. Oh, it, it's one guy, and it might just be this lone nutter that were, but it was published in a medical journal. Like right. this is, it has at least that cachet to it. So uh, I don't know how to tell you this, sir, but I think I think you might be white. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> Only a white person could write about white people like this. Yeah. Effective, uh, such interventions can reasonably aim only to reshape whiteness's infiltrated appetites. I like how it's like, it's, it's all, you know, this, t- this bullshit of like, oh, if you're white, you're greedy, you want to mm. take, you, know, you, know, you want to oppress people, you want to um, terrorize yeah. people. <laughs> In order to treat the condition, you have to educate yourself. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's grandstanding in like a, this abstract, nebulous... It almost sounds right thing. Like, right, can you actually tell me what you mean? Yeah. What are the facts? But he's combining poetry 
with concrete. Yeah. Like it's a medical journal. But he's writing about it poetically. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, oh, I fucking, I hit this brilliant kind of framing device. It's a theme. <laughs> and I'm just going to really like burrow into it. Yeah. This is, this is not, this doesn't belong in the medical journal. Of course you need, you need to provide. Well, look, it, it's not even right poetically, let alone fucking medically. No. But like, if this was like a film where it's like, yeah. you know, oh, there's this, this alternate universe where whiteness is a parasite. Yeah. Like a Jordan Peele film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, fuck you, but also, like, whatever. Right, it's a poetry, yeah. arts, metaphors, propaganda, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I expect this from cinema mm-hmm. now. But I don't expect medicine from medicine. Yeah, like, oh, it's, 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 it's this parasite. Okay, is it like, you know, is it, what type of parasite is it? Is mm. it like this, is it part of this strain? Is it its own, does it belong to, is it like a fungal? Does it belong to mm. this family of viruses? Is it completely new? Oh, no, it's, it's just condition. It's a cognitive parasite. It's a cognitive it? it's, parasite. It's a mindset, man. Yeah, it's in your brain somewhere. I don't know. You just yeah. have to educate yourself. Yeah, it's like, um, like in the Matrix when he says... I'll show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And then explaining that it's an actual rabbit hole. No, 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 no. That was like, a, that was a metaphor. Um, right. Such interventions can reasonably aim only to reshape whiteness's infiltrated appetites, to reduce their intensity, redistribute their aims, and occasionally turn those aims toward the work of reparation. Oh, there you go. Okay. Uh, Moss wrote in an abstract summary for the journal, when remembered and represented, the ravages wreaked by the rot by the chronic condition can function either as warning, never again, or as temptation, great again. It's a political hit piece. It's an anti-Trump. How is it anti-Trump? Oh, the ravages, he's, he's wrote reeked, it's wrought, he can't even write. <laughs> by the chronic condition can function either as warning, never again, or as temptation, great again. Make America great again. Oh, right, okay. It's, it's you know... It's propaganda. It's what we knew it was. Yeah. Even with treatment, Moss wrote, there is no guarantee against regression and there is not yet a permanent cure. Well, I've got a permanent... Permanent? <laughs> permanent cure for whiteness for him. Mm-hmm. Stick a gun in his mouth and pull the trigger. <laughs> right, okay. I mean, the corpse will be white and it'll get even whiter. But that's at least, the, that's at the least, thing. But at least the, the host can't spread the parasite. That's the horrible thing, isn't it? Like, you know, rabies. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. Like, when you're dead, you don't... You, you're not suffering from rabies anymore. Yeah. When he's dead, he's still going to be white. Yeah. <laughs> His yeah, whiteness exactly, yeah. won't go away. But it won't spread. No, that's well, no. Yeah. It won't spread. Okay, so that's that. Okay. Um, whole point being that you're being lied to and you can't trust anybody. Okay. Do not trust the establishment. I'm not just saying this from like a... <laughs> we only have nine subscribers. Please help us out perspective. You're not yeah. coming from that perspective. No, no. Nor like being a contrarian. Mm. Like... You're being lied to. Yeah. It's real. You can't trust Mm. the establishments anymore. So that's America. Oh God, we have our own version. (laughs) (laughs) Not, not, not that, but maybe as bad. Oh dear. So a couple of stories from our septed aisle. Sex, not gender. You heard about this? Hashtag sex, not gender. Yes. Okay. It's in reference to something. There was a lady called Maya Forstutter. I assume or this Forstutter. is... How many stutters does she have? Four. She has four stutters. Forstutter. I see. Okay. Four, 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 four stutter. Four stutters. Uh, she was sacked from this organization for saying that sex is real, essentially. And it went to court, took the company to court, and the judge ruled that gender-critical beliefs fall under the Equalities Act. Okay. Okay. Which is a good... That's a good thing. No, no. Like, in, in this context, I'm assuming sex means male and female. Yeah. It doesn't account Biology. for um, 
uh, trans into into well, that's kind of what the whole thing is about. Yeah, like it? like trans into the gender tri thing, tri by poly. Uh, non-binary try by poly yeah try yeah, by poly non-binary binary, binary. Yeah. Uh, yes so, so yeah sex is just there's there's sex is real there's men and there's women that's what she basically said right like, like I don't think she even was anti-trans I don't know but um, you know turf is the word that's thrown around now right like trans-exclusionary feminists basically oh okay so, I don't there's a civil war in feminism isn't there there's the old school feminist JK Rowling they're like we're not we don't dislike trans people and mm. they, they're entitled to trans rights but women have rights as well yeah. and they're distinct and mm. women are real Cause okay. and then you've got the, the new frontier of feminists uh, that call them birthers you know you can't say women birthing people oh yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 I remember that yeah but like like people in American in the American parliament yeah Ameri- it's, not the parliament. <laughs> it's not the senate or whatever the senate Congress. yeah they were saying yeah, yeah. like um, black birthing people yeah not mothers. Uh, yeah, America yeah, is, is, is to black birthing people. Right. So, <laughs> which is the, holy shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And basically, you know, it's, it seems a landmark case in some sense, just that it's being celebrated by people like me just because she's allowed to say that, essentially. Mm. Right. Uh, you know, and the obvious caveat, all usual caveats, it's not an excuse to now go like abuse trans people, like, oh, good, we can now. Spit on the, no, we're not obviously not saying anything. Well, she wasn't even doing that to begin no, with. No, she wasn't even yeah. doing it. But crucially, J.K. Rowling tweeted a tweet of support. Mm. And it said, and I quote, Dress however you please, call yourself whatever you like, sleep with any consenting adult who will have you, live your best life in peace and security, but forcing women out of their jobs for stating that sex is real, and then like hashtag I stand with Maya. Mm. And under this, there's a torrent of abuse right. from her fans, as you might expect. Like, yes. Didn't think I'd ever say this, but fuck you, J.K. Rowling. That you've been doing nothing but that for like a while now, right? Yeah. Um, how long has how long has J.K. J.K. Rowling ceased to exist in the eyes of Harry Potter? A couple of years, is it? Since she it all blew up since with her. All of a sudden, Dobby wrote the books instead. So Dobby wrote the books. Yeah, so childish. Isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, the fact that that's that's a controversial position hmm. in 2021. That tweet is controversial. Yeah. Do whatever you fuck you want. But sex is real. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the Women exist, thing. guys. Like, how I, dare you? I basically said as much on Twitter and someone called me a conservatard. <laughs> 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 Which is one of my crowning moments, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's going that, on. That's, uh, yeah. that's going on the epitaph, surely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sam Reese, you know, son, friend, conservatard. Conservatard, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. So that's one. Mm. And the other is... Are you familiar with diversity, Jordan? Is this a trick question? <laughs> the dance troupe diversity. Oh, them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The least uh, diverse dance group in existence Indeed. called diversity. Yeah. But then they're not white. So that counts as being diverse. Yes. But like within the group themselves. That, yeah. yeah they're, no. They're all, they're, they're all black. I th- yeah, I know. But diversity to them means just not white, doesn't it? You no. Can, you can all be... Black Panther yes. is, is diverse. Yes, it's but not. let's not forget, Sam, that yeah. words do mean things. They do. The word diversity does not mean, oh, everyone is the same thing. It's the same, just not the same as what most people are. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So back last year, I think, maybe this year, probably last year, uh, they did a dance routine on Britain's Got Talent. Hmm. The kind of, that was about 2020 and mainly about George Floyd. Okay. And I had this routine where it was like people dress as cops standing on the necks of. Do you know what, Sam? I what? am shocked. I know. I did not expect 
that to happen. No. I, I, I am surprised it was diversity. I thought they were gone. Oh, yeah. They're black, aren't they? Um, no, no, no. But just like um, like Ashley Banjo. <laughs> that's the one, that's right? Ashley yeah. Banjo. A Banjo. Yeah. <laughs> a Banjo, a banjo yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he was like the judge on like this dance show that was cancelled. Ah, right. Okay. So I thought like, oh, yeah, you're, you're done now. Well, the Brits got talent winners. You know, gone, over. Yeah. yeah. yeah no, but they were, th- they were a thing for a while. And yeah. they seemed to be like, because they... Won, they won. Uh, they beat Susan Boyle, I think. I think it was that yeah, year, yeah. Controversially, yeah. Yeah, they beat Susan Boyle. No, yeah, I don't think anything was 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 foul was at play. No, no, it just like, it, it was, was a it win, was a surprise win. Yeah, it was a yeah, yeah. It was a surprise win. Were they the first non-singers to win? They might. I don't know because Britain's Got Talent obviously is a is a variety talent show, and mm-hmm. there were just singers winning yeah. winning all the time. It's like it's just the X factor. It's the X factor, yeah. But yeah, they won. It's like oh okay, fine, whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like, well, yeah, I, I genuinely thought that like, could, they're unique in the sense that winners don't usually last. No. If you look at most Britain's Got Talent and X Factor winners, it's usually the runners up. Like Little Mix mm. didn't win the X Factor, and yet they're one of the biggest stars to come out of it. One Direction, mm. I think they're X Factor, right? Yep. Yeah. I don't think they won in the year that they... No, they came second or third. They came second yeah. or third, and they uh, far... I don't even know who won in the year that One Direction... Nor do I. Yeah. Yeah, they're the biggest success of the X Factor, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. But yeah, yeah, so diversity were a unique case in that they seem to be doing all right considering that they were winners. Well, a way to stay relevant is to be outraged, isn't it? I suppose. Uh, so yeah, they did this routine and it was the most complained about TV moment of the year. 30,000 mm. complaints. Yeah. Uh, I wrote an article. I'll do what I usually do. I'll plug the article. What's the article called, Sam? It's called The Voice of Diversity. Wonderful. There you go. Those are my WordPress. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, and they won a BAFTA. Uh, the other night for must-see moment of the year, must-see TV moment of the year or whatever. Is that a BAFTA? It's a, an audience voted for BAFTA, yeah. Did that Did that happen at the BAFTAs? Yeah. Or have there been other BAFTAs that I'm not aware no, of? No, happened at the BAFTAs. Oh, okay. Oh, at the TV BAFTAs. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, BAFTAs. yes, yeah, yeah, those BAFTAs. Those BAFTAs, yes. yes exactly. Yeah, they, they happen as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It was over, a lot of minorities won, but yeah, yes. they, they won the audience award, voted for by the public. Okay. Whether you believe that or not, whatever. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's reminded me of seeing Mrs. Brown, you know, of the boys talking to Caitlyn Jenner about transgenderism. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, it feels like. Did almost- we figure out what was going on there? That like whether like she's modified or well, he hmm. has modified the format. I, I'm talking about Mrs. Brown. I'm not talking Mrs. about Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, yeah. I, well, <laughs> she's modified the format. Yeah. They- <laughs> Well, she's think, modified it so that, like, it's a talk show now, or whether... I think it's still, two different shows. Yeah, it's still a sitcom, but for some reason, it's like, oh, now we're just going to talk to Caitlyn Jenner for a while? I think it's two distinct shows. Okay. I think there's the sitcom. Yeah, it's Brown's Boys. And then a chat show. Right, okay. And, like, maybe a variety show as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's a franchise, Sam. I know. Yeah, it's a movie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, It's a movie. I, it almost feels like we talked about this before, right? I hope no terrorists are listening. But <laughs> okay. I said, like, if I was a terrorist, yes. the way to strike real terror... Is, okay, you don't get the numbers. Hmm. But you don't go shoot up or blow up a stadium. Just go into a residential area and walk into someone's house and kill them. Hmm. It will cultivate the the feeling that nobody is safe anywhere, right? Yeah. And it feels like that's what they're doing with this. Target the most anodyne television you can. The most beige, 
inoffensive Britain's television. Britain's Got Talent, yeah. And bring politics to it. Yeah. Go on Mrs. Brown's Boys, go on Britain's Got Talent and make yeah. it political. Because everything must be political. That's where the people are, Sam. And the That's people the want people to hear are. what we have to say. Because everyone agrees with us. They just don't have the... We of have course. to be. We have to be the brave ones. Oh, yeah. We have to be the ones brave enough to tell them that they actually agree with us. Yeah. Well, he thanked... Ashley Badger thanked the 30,000 complainers. Right. Basically saying, like, I got to thank you in a way because you, know, you showed that racism is still very much a part of our culture and everything. Okay. It's like, oh, right, yeah, all 30,000 of those complaints were... Yeah. Yes, the most vicious probably bob to the surface yeah but that was people who just didn't want to be lectured to on Britain's got fucking talent <laughs> yeah. they don't need someone coming on going it's also got problems yeah oh thank god my working week is over I get yeah. to sit down and watch Britain's got oh no yeah because let's face it the people Go watching away. Britain, the people watching Britain's got talent aren't the people who shape the conversation no they're not the writers and the journalists and the artists and they're not watching it's your everyday John and no, they don't shape the conversation, but they they are the ones that the conversation is being had at. Yeah, yeah. They? They're the, the ones that, like, the conversation... They're the ones that the people having the conversation want to listen to the conversation. Right. Y- yeah. The ones they want to win over, yes. basically. Or, yeah. or otherwise just talk down to. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't feel like people on the right, because this is, you know... I imagine, mm. given what's just happened, diversity is probably safe to say that they're, they're more left-leaning. I would have thought so. Um, I don't feel like people on the right tend to go after... They know that like Britain's Got Talent, that's like a no... Mm. What's the, the, the DM, demilitarized zone? DMZ, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Britain's Got Talent, The X Factor, Mrs. Brown Boys, those are DMZs. Yeah, it's... We don't bring the conversation there because the people, they just don't want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, it's neutral ground. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and... To, you know, bring it back to what we were talking about earlier that yeah everything is political or people are trying to make everything political yeah but then I was thinking about it you're like it's called must see moment of the year that's neutral isn't it that's a neutral accolade yeah a car cra- Hindenburg was must see <laughs> yes you know what I mean oh the humanity 9-11 oh, the was probably a must see right yeah exactly and I just obviously I'm being a bit glib like they, they obviously mean best TV moment of the year or whatever but I just, it's like looking at a car crash. Everyone slows down on the motorway to look at a car crash. Yeah. This is what, the, that's what this is. I was on my way here today and there was some sheep <laughs> in the middle of the road. You're just looking at the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, sheep. I, you know, I, I live in Wales. I've seen sheep before. Yeah. They're usually in a field. They're not in Ponty Town Centre. Novelty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ooh, sheep. There's four of them as well. Four sheep. Four sheep. Four sheep. Four sheep. For 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 stutter for sheep, for, for sheep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose the question because you said like oh um, a way to stay relevant is outrage mm. to generate outrage. Do you genuinely do you think diversity thought that they would be generating outrage or do you think they would genuinely um, oh we're sending a message here we're doing a good thing. I think both. Okay. I don't I don't I don't think it's fake. I think they believe what they in what they do. Yeah, they, they clearly they, believe in yeah. the message that they were conveying. But did they do it with the understanding that they was going to we're gonna make some people angry and that's good? Maybe the Or do you think we're gonna validate yeah. some people and that's good? Maybe the scale of it wasn't anticipated. Okay. But I don't see how. If you're gonna do a George Floyd dance routine no. at the end of twenty twenty. But thirty thousand complaints. Maybe like they didn't anticipate that many. But yes, you do something like this knowing full well that people aren't going to like it. Yeah. And and that's part of the appeal for you. I'm surprised that it's 30,000, but like, not that like, oh, it's, you know, it's only that. Mm. You think it's too low? Yeah. I guess that, 
Because I mean, I'm I I I'm not thinking of it as I think most people. Uh, so you know, you included yeah. maybe. I'm not thinking of it in terms of the right and the left. I'm thinking of it yeah, in no, terms me of the right, the left, and then everyone in between. They're the ones who are complaining. It's not yeah, everyone in between are the ones that don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. It's my dad and my granddad and you know. Yeah, just it's like I just want to watch the fucking yeah. people do the dance. I don't want to know. I I, I came here to forget I about su- George Floyd. I suppose it's really high when you think of the selection sample. So it's A, people who watch Britain's Got Talent. Yeah. B, the people that would be annoyed by it. Yeah. And C, people that would be annoyed enough to complain about it. Yeah. Like, realistically, you'd think that would be quite a small sample. So that is high. 30,000 okay. is high. But I see what you're saying. I suppose in Britain as well. In, was, and British people. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, that's irritating. I'll, but I'll bring it up with Stacey on Monday. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they don't care about us. They don't. It's either they didn't know. They obviously knew it would generate controversy. It was done to generate controversy, mm. or they live in such an echo chamber, rarefied bullshit, mm. that it simply wouldn't occur to them that there are people who don't agree, who don't think it's right, who don't think it's um, what's the word I'm looking for, George? Appropriate, I suppose. Okay. Who don't think it's a pro- it's an appropriate venue to be doing that sort of thing. Okay. Like, what do what you mean? It's not an... Appro- Politics is everything. Yeah. Maybe it's that. I don't know. Maybe it is that. But that's that. Okay. Should we do another film review and leave all that behind us? Oh, yay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And when I say yay, I'm excited because it's a film review. I'm not excited because, oh, thank God, we, no, we can no longer talk about the thing. Surge. 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 Uh, yes, Surge. Plot it. Oh no! That's your job, clearly. Well, is it? You, can we not do a back and forth here? I'll do the last one. Oh, wonderful! Okay, <laughs> right. The what, the film with the least. Yep. <laughs> to talk, <laughs> to say about like this is what happened. So, Surge is a film um, starring Ben Whishaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, Ben Whishaw plays Q in uh, basically from Skyfall onwards. Yep. He plays Q in the Bond films, and he's the voice of Paddington. Yes. He is a man whose presence is like a reassuring hug. He's a very soft... See what you're doing. Very, <laughs> very <laughs> lovable, very likable. Ah, oh, Ben Whishaw. Yeah. I, I feel so safe in your presence. Okay. This film... <laughs> he is not... No. A reassuring hug. He's not. Of a man. Um, yeah, the film is like... It, ben Whishaw is, is a guy who's like not... He's not okay. No. Something's off. Something's off with this guy. And he snaps. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, li- he's living this life where, you know, he's, it's not great. He's, he doesn't seem to be enjoying himself. He's a single young man living on his own, doing kind of a, me- a menial job. Yeah, he works in airport security, but like, it's not exciting. It's no, not like, you know, no. it's not like gunfights and car chases. It's just stand over there. <laughs> Are there many airport security people that have gunfights? Well, no, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but like Nigeria, oh, maybe not fucking Western world. It's no airport security is not like that. But like, I feel like it's one of those jobs where you go, oh, I work in airport security. People go, Ooh. yeah, they could be a thrill. Yeah, me. it's like, ooh, yeah. airport security. That's exotic. It's like, no, this is not an exotic job. No, he he tells people to stand there and he pats them down. Yeah, and some of them can't understand him because obviously people fly in and mm-hmm. out all over the place. So yeah, there's like a scene where a guy clearly can't speak English and they're having to do a strip search. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, please don't. I'm sorry. I don't know what I did. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's like a guy outside of his apartment uh, who's like constantly revving right. his quad bike. For no fucking reason. For no, yeah, yeah, he's just a dick. Yeah. All, yeah, he's just doing yeah. it because he's got a quad bike and he wants people to know about it. Yeah. 
His father, Ben Whishaw's father, clearly doesn't like him. No. They have a very uh, frictus. What's the word? Fractious. Fractious. They have a very fractious relationship. His mother also is probably not okay. Yeah, there's there's a history. Yeah. An unspoken history of like, uh, yeah, this family's not... Yeah. There's something off. And the culmination of all of this, through the culmination of all of this, Mm -hmm. or through all of this... Mm -hmm. There reaches a point where Ben Whishaw just snaps out of it. Yes. He's like, I'm not going to be this anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be... I'm going to become a stream of consciousness. Yeah. Basically. Basically. Yeah. This doesn't sound like a plot. There's not much in the way of plot. That's the thing. Though. It's not one of those films. I think like the comparison you gave to me mm. was actually very apt. Mm. If anyone has seen a Safdie Brothers film, yeah. specifically Good Time or Uncut Gems... Yeah. It's very much like that. Mm-hmm. It's about these like people who like do a thing and that triggers this downward spiral of consequence. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a good idea. And like a Safety Brothers film, it's incredibly naturalistic in its presentation. It is yeah. just handheld camera, start to finish. Yeah. And-, and you are in the scene with them. Like the cam- like there's scenes where there's not much cutting going on. Like he'll walk in and out of a building and then you're just following him walking down the road. It's one of those films, you know? Yeah, it's very dynamic. Yeah. And accelerated and steroidal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the film is the performance really, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a mesmerizing performance. Yes. It's a fantastic performance. In part because of the the contradiction that is Ben Rishaw being this like very unpleasant. His company is very unpleasant. Yeah. Which is like, I'm not, I'm not trained. I'm not used to feeling these feelings about Ben Whishaw, you know? Yeah. He's a nice man. Why are you making him not a nice man? Yeah. But even beyond that, yeah, it's, he's got such a, a compelling energy to him. He does. I, mean, I don't want to play this card, really. But for someone who's had his own mental health struggles, mm. not in the same way, obviously, but it captures something real. And that real thing is the, the fear that you're one day going to lose your mind. Mm. And this is what that film captures. What if one day I just fucking snapped? Yeah. I think in that sense, it's equally kind of tightly wound and cathartic because mm-hmm. he's behaving without inhibition, like stream of consciousness, giving into every woman impulse. Which I think is in part why it's such a compelling performance and why his energy is so compelling because he does yeah. just... Like, what's that? there's that scene where um, he's on a train or a bus mm. and there's a woman who's wearing like a fur coat and there's like a girl with her mother and the girl is trying to pat the fur coat because oh it's soft fur coat yeah, yeah. and the mother was like no don't do that mm. and then the woman stands like in front of Ben Whishaw and he starts like like doing what the mm. girl is doing for the like because the girl is looking at him so he's like oh look I'm going to touch the coat yeah. but then he starts like nestling his face yeah. in the coat he's and just he's re- like it's almost like he's going to like grab it off her and then he starts yeah. like swinging on the bars it's like okay this guy is just he's indulging absolutely whatever occurs to him yeah. it's like the things that occur to everybody. Mm. You're like, like, oh, I really like to touch that hair or like <laughs> just fucking jump off that thing or whatever, you know. Yeah. That thing of like when you walk over a bridge and you go, I could just throw my phone into the water. Yeah. He just does those He's, things. He's that person. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, if it was all tightly scripted, that would be incredibly impressive. Mm. But it's the kind of film you can imagine the director saying, right, you just have no restraint. Yeah. You do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. In Practically, yeah. you're going to walk from here to here. Yeah. In between... You do whatever comes to you. Take away all the filters that govern appropriate behavior in public. Yeah. Don't even think of that's they Yeah, don't. just like yeah. clench your fists, randomly scream, do a yeah. little twirl, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever comes naturally, yeah. And that's the thing, it's not just the plot that's very impulsive, 
but behaviorally, like we said, it's ticks and mannerisms. Mm. It's what you do. It reminded me, anyway, when you're hammered, stoned, or tripping and alone. Oh, right. It's like, I don't have to put up the pretense now in front of people of looking like I'm down to earth. Okay. When you're in the bathroom mirror and you're just fucking making faces. Yeah, it's like, ah, yeah, ah, pulling your face over. just making sounds like, and stuff. Yeah. Bizarre contortions. Um, and I love that biting the glass is the catalyst for all that. Basically, there's this thing where he's like, he just bites too hard on glasses when he's having a drink. Yeah, and the and cutlery then, and... And cutlery, yeah. yeah he's just, like something trying to get out. And then he kind of breaks a glass in his mouth and his mouth, his gums are bleeding. Yeah. And that's what sort of triggers the yeah. spiral. One could cynically write it off as overacting, and some people have. Yes, I, I, I was going to say, yeah. people have done People that. have done yeah. that. But to me, it was honestly relatably natural. Not like, oh yeah, that's what I'm like. But like, I totally get that. It's like watching Fear and Loathing on Acid. Mm. It makes total sense to me that. Yes. Almost like a heightened naturalism. Not hyper-naturalism, but it's heightened you acting out how you would naturally behave if you weren't a socialized animal. Do you know what I mean? I, I, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's, of. it's watching an animal do what it does. Mm. It's unconcerned with how it looks, you mm. know. Um, it also reminded me of Falling Down. Are you familiar with Falling Down? Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas yeah. and, oh, what's his name? Don't tell me. I won't. Please tell me. Well, yeah, it might have been a bit boring for the uh, Robert Duval, is that Yeah, Robert yeah, Duval, yeah. Yeah, but a guy gets stuck in traffic. The Foo Fighters did walk video based on it, mm. who just kind of goes off on a rampage. But I thought this was more like falling across. That would be good. Like okay. a stone skimming across water endlessly. That mm. was the kind of energy of this film. Okay. It's constantly moving on to the next thing. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. And it's a purer uncut gems to me. Because it doesn't bother itself with all those plot machinations. and Yeah, it doesn't bother itself no. with plot. Does it have... A score? I think it has a score. If it does, I can't remember it, which no. is which means it's a good score in a sense for the kind of film it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know it, I mean? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't... Because Uncut Gems, that was one of my major criticisms, was yes. the first 10, 15 minutes, the score is like intrusive. Yeah. And it's loud. You can't hear the dialogue over the score in some places. And it's unsuitable. And it's, it's, it's yeah. two different things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whereas here, no, it, it, if, if there is music, it... it, it enhances without overpowering. Absolutely. Yeah. The main comparison point for me was Taxi Driver. Did you think this? Where did you think this? I thought this, even though they're very different in style, very Mm. different in style and approach, both are obviously about men losing their minds. Yeah. And each film has these little signposts or benchmarks that chart the descent into insanity. Mm. So in Taxi Driver, you've got Travis gradually severing all ties to reality. Mm. And that kind of culminates in him absentmindedly kicking over the TV. Yeah. It's like, oh, why did I do that? Like, he doesn't even realise it. Um, in Surge, it's more kind of a visceral and experiential film. But you get those little things in the beginning, like, oh, it's going to crack. Something's mm. going to crack. And I love that Michael McIntyre's stand-up is one <laughs> of the triggers. It's just him watching it, just like, oh, this man's going to fucking shoot up an office. <laughs> I love that. Because, yes, I can see how Michael McIntyre stand-up would drive you. I think Michael McIntyre was the, the first stand-up gig I ever went to. Was it? Yeah. No, there was a time where he was he was my favourite stand-up. He's your favourite stand-up when you're a teenager, isn't he? Yeah. Like, before you... you get into comedy properly. <laughs> before you realise, oh, yeah, there are actually funny people over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, um, I don't think I've only been to four. Michael McIntyre was the first, and then it was Dara Breen. Yeah. Um, who, like, after I fell out of uh, favour with Michael McIntyre, mm-hmm. I still liked Dara Brian for a while, but then I think I saw some of his recent stand-up. Mm. There's, like, a bit where he's on about um, how, ridicul- how ridiculous it is that men are attracted to women in stockings. Right. 
He's like, he was like, oh, why would? Oh, that's reaching. Yeah, it's like, why would I be? Um, oh, I want to. I I am only attracted to a woman if it looks like she's been partially dipped in ink. That's like, like what are you? What? Yeah, that's like sta- hack stand up one one. Like there are Dara being bits that I like. That where he's talking about um, being alone in his house and all the options available to him. Yeah, he can watch DVDs. He's got books he hasn't read, and he ends up watching the last half hour of Robocop. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. see option paralysis basically. <laughs> I like that and. It reminds me of, like, specific observations like that can have a comedic value. Like, mm-hmm. there's that Paul Foot bit about Shire horses. It's like, when you only ever see a Shire horse of the fate. And it's, like, such a specific observation. <laughs> yeah. It becomes absurd, and he just keeps rolling with it. And that's yeah. what makes it funny. But that is just like, you ever noticed how, like, a pancake is like a flat cake? Right. That you cook in a pan. You cook in a pan. It's just, you know. It- Dude, what if we called it the thing that it is <laughs> and the mechanism in which we make it? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah. He's been doing it too long sort of thing and he's not fresh. Yeah. But, but yeah. he's okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know what it was like. Okay, but that like, that's that's not like an absurd... Dipped in ink. It's not, not an absurd like, fetish, right? When he says Lingerie. that, it doesn't even resonate. When Like saying dipped in ink. Because sometimes people will say something, you'll go, ah, yes. Mm. Like the Dylan Moran thing about St. Bernard is the dog that would swill brandy and watch you die. Yes. It's like, okay, I never would have thought of that, but that makes total sense to me. No. This doesn't. I don't get anything from No, that. exactly. Uh, I guess. But I was thinking, I was going to say, like, yeah. Dylan Moran, I think, was the third stand-up gig I ever went right. to. And Stuart Lee was the fourth. And yes. I like that... I've only Those been to, two we went to together. Yeah, and I yeah. like that... Um, yeah, no disrespect to my parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because, um, like, I was younger, I was into different comedy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I like that there's a clear division. Like, the first two, I don't like anymore. And then yes. the second two, I'm still with. Moran and Lee, yeah. But, yeah, Moran, like, that's one of the things I like about him is sort of the absurdity of... Yeah, like, I, I never would have phrased it like that. Yeah. Or constructed that observation that way. Yeah. And it's absurd in the way that you... The, the, your delivery and the things you're saying are absurd. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah, it's tonally rational. Yeah, totally rational, even if the the specific words are absurd. Like, there's that. We watched one of his uh, stand ups recently. Um, Was it a different recording of the one that we actually went to see? Same uh, set, but different, uh, like different night. Different yeah, different night. Here. Yeah, uh, yeah. When he's talking about going to like a like a cafe in London and it's full of like alternative hipsters. Yes, <laughs> it's like uh, was he was say it's like um, you know you sit down and you overhear conversations like yeah Dylan we should do that we should crowdfund a ukulele patio. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but yeah, all right. Like that's yeah, ridiculous, yeah. but yeah. yeah, I know exactly the type of person he's talking about. There's another. It's a similar kind of. Um, He's satirizing the same kind of thing, but it's a different show. Where he's talking about like, oh, you know, the little restaurants that do pizza on stilts. And, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like those ja- Yeah, those Japanese houses that are upside down. Yeah, it's, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's bizarre, yeah. but I get it. Yeah. Um, why was that? Oh, yeah, Michael McIntyre. Michael McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He doesn't push the TV over, but he's clearly not pleased with Michael McIntyre. Indeed. Um, yeah, so one critic said the film was akin to being trapped in a subway car. With a mental patient. This was a negative review, incidentally. Uh, okay. I just go, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What should the film have been? Exactly. Yeah. And another said that it could be written off as Wishaw's rejected audition tape for Joker. That's like, if only we had oh, got God. that Joker film. Because when Joker was released, hmm. we speculated upon which director would be ideal for it if the studio had the balls to be adventurous. Yes. Right? So we like David Lynch, you know, that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, Surge could be a Joker origin movie. Oh, okay. It could be a Joker origin movie and it would be a superior one to the one that we got. There's very little context to the character. 
He's obviously mentally ill. Yeah. There's a bank robbery component even. Oh, yeah. And while there's, there is that unspoken history of malady, he's driven to the edge by banality. It's just everyday humdrum life. He's, I can't do it anymore. It's the whole killing joke thing. Hmm. I think if at the end of this film, you look at the end of um, Split, it turned out to be an unbreakable sequel. Yes. Turns out like, oh, and then, I don't know, he picks up a Joker card. He's like, was I fucking watching a Joker origin film the whole time? <laughs> That'd have been great. Yeah, like, that's not... Yeah. Do you know, what was what was the point we were making earlier about um, uh, specificity can 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 be, can be lead to broad right. appeal? Yeah, like the more specific, the more universal. Yeah, like Ben Wishell's character in this, he's a very specific character. Yeah. But yeah, like you, I mean, you were talking yourself about um, the, like the catharsis mm. in his behaviour and you could relate to, even though it's a very specific guy that's being depicted. Yeah. The idea of, like, one day you could just lose your fucking mind. That's a very relatable yeah. fear that the film is sort of mm. tapping into and realising. I think you said to me, didn't you? You like the... It's not kind of just chaotic chaos. Like, when there's a scene where he destroys a bed and strips it apart and... That was... Yeah, that was one yeah. of my favourite scenes in yeah. the film. He He's... Right, so, yeah... He robs a couple of banks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For the fuck of it, basically. Well, so he didn't get away with through it. Through frustration. Because, Initially, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. he goes to buy a cable, but he, he has to pay cash. So he goes to get money out from cash machine, yeah. swallows his card. So he goes to the bank and they're like, oh, you can't, you need identification. He doesn't have the right identification. It's like, oh, you have to do online banking. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, can I use your computer? She's like, no, you got to do it from home. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I have been there. So he's like, yeah. fuck it. I'm going to rob a bank. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, actually, that's what I. Yeah, that's one of the things I like about the character is the characters like this as well. Like mm. they, you can't like endorse them. Yes, their behavior is reprehensible. Right, but somewhere in there, they've got a point. Tony Soprano. Yeah, that that whole thing about you know evil aspects to that character, but that I just keep coming back to that happy wanderer thing. The guy walking along the street whistling, and you just want to grab him and fucking punch him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I get Tony Soprano. Yeah, like, <laughs> I like Ben Wishaw in this. Like, he robs a couple of banks. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I don't endorse that behavior, but. But you go, Ben Wishaw. But you go, Ben Wishaw, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, after he's robbed a couple of banks, he goes to a hotel. He's like, I want to stay here for the night. Mm. And he goes into his hotel room and he, he completely trashes the place. But very methodically. This is the thing. Yeah. You would expect a scene like that to play out like the room is a terrible example. But it's aiming for that kind of scene, isn't it? Where he just trashes out of sheer, like, oh my God! Like, he's just letting energy out. And he's, like, throwing stuff off the mantelpiece. Like, Forrest Whitaker and the shield. Yeah, and, like, like flipping the table and, like, tearing up the furniture. No, he's just... Ben was sure he just, like, he gets this, like, knife and he just, like, starts slowly cutting into the mattress. Yeah. And he just takes the springs out one by one and he climbs inside the mattress and, like... Hit, like the fact that his body is in there, it's slowly pulling apart the fabric. Mm. And then he grabs the curtain, but he just kind of pulls it off one rung at a time. It's it's like he's enacting an internal narrative. It's weird. Like the fact that he's controlling himself yeah. while doing this very chaotic activity, it comes across as more crazy Absolutely. than if he was just manically tearing apart it's the It's like obsessive compulsive, isn't it? It's that, did I, I showed you Horace and Pete. A couple of episodes. Yeah, a couple of episodes, yeah. Uh, you saw the one where the kid, he gets up and he just fills glasses of water. Oh, yeah. Very methodically. Yeah, it's yeah. always... Yeah. It's always the same kind of motion. Yeah, the fact that it's not insane mm. makes it more insane. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, that was a good point. Uh, yeah, a good observation that it's it's not truly chaotic. It's like he's following a tram. Like, right, I now have to do this and then this. And this. Yeah. yeah. 
No, very good. Yeah, because it's not like, oh, he's just given into energy. Like, yeah, yeah. just there's no thought there. No, there is thought there. Literally, that's what's scary madness. about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any, anything else? I feel like there was a point that I was making. Oh, no, I think I was leading up to, um, like I said, he robs the banks, and that yeah. was leading up to the hotel scene. Okay. Oh, yeah, Eco. Yeah, that scene where he goes into the, the wedding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and the, gro- <laughs> the, the, the best man is humiliating the groom. Yeah. And Ben Wishaw's just there eating bread. <laughs> and then he goes up to the like the best man, and the best man's obviously trying to intimidate him. He's like, oh, you fuck off, mate. This is, yeah, this wedding is not for you. And Ben Wishaw just, like, grabs him mm. and says something to him. We don't know what. Yeah, he whispers. Yeah, he whispers something. Yeah. And the best man just, like, calms down. Yeah. He's just like, right, I'm not going to... Oh, let's just do the toast now. I'm not going to keep humiliating the groom anymore. It's interesting, isn't it? Because in a way, it's almost vindicating the relatability of him. I say, you know, there's a catharsis in his behaviour. It's almost as if that character has a direct line to the secrets of the universe. Yeah. He's enacting it. He knows what he should be doing. Mm. And he just has the right thing to say to this guy. Yeah. It's almost like he's an envoy of something. Yeah. And I don't want to get... The film is not dense at all. It's not like all these big ideas. It's no. just what you take from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very, very basic film in a lot of ways. Mm. But yeah, it's like he's tapped into something primal or primordial. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, not primal, because again, primal is like animalistic. He's yeah, not well, a, there is that as well, is the thing. But he's like, he's not an animal. Well, he's, he's too cogent to be an animal. He's a, a sophisticated animal. He's an animal with a secret... Of the universe. Right. He's he's between... Uh, what's the fuck? The Papa Roach song. Between angels and insects. Okay. Man. But, <laughs> right. But not quite. Man, but sort of. Man, but sort of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's like, yeah, he has this kind of uh, earthy wisdom mm. in what he's doing. Yeah. But again, obviously this is a fairly pretentious interpretation of what's going on, but it's the kind of vibe that you get from the film. And I, again, it's not the film is not kind of trading in these lofty ideas no yeah what what we are saying is not necessarily within the text no not at all it could just be a case of um, because he's just robbed a couple of banks and he's just trashed his hotel room you're as the audience you're sort of in a position where you're going like right I'm 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 growing distant from this character Mm. because he's not done anything good for a while now yes so the fact that he like uh, mediates that thing at the wedding Mm -hmm. it could just be as simple as like just because he's gone off the deep end, he's not evil. Right. He's not just doing bad things anymore. He can, like... He's just doing whatever. Yeah. He's not specifically choosing to do evil things. Like, he just did a good thing now. Yeah. It was all whim, but he did a good thing. Like, yeah. that's that's the, the the trajectory of the character. Yeah, he's not malevolent. He's just real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the surprise of the year for me. Oh, absolutely. Because this is something that I, I don't think I would have even encountered. I didn't know about it until the week it came out. Yeah. One of those films. Um, yeah. Reception has been overall positive, but comparatively lukewarm. Like, you're talking like 70%-ish. Right, okay. And I just think, I don't know, I kind of loved it. I think, yeah, it's it's... Maybe it's too grimy... Maybe. For, for, for like a critical awards darling. Oh, yeah. Awards, certainly, but just being like a critical darling. Yeah, yeah. It's too... Um, yeah, it, it doesn't have the... Like, another round is real, but in a different way. Y- yeah, well... That's the sort of real that, like... It's that's like a clean real. Well, it has a thesis, another round. Yeah. This film doesn't have a thesis. It has an experience, right? Yeah. And it, it, it has no frills, and it's all inference. Hmm. So yeah, it's not the type of film that's going to get awards, though the performance should. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, it's like the hidden gem of the year. That mm. this is the one. If I'm going to rack people like, what film should I watch from 2021? Surge. Yeah. You've never heard of it. Go watch it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I will say, though, if yeah. you're prone to motion sickness, be careful. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. when we say handheld camera, we mean handheld oh, camera. Oh, yes. I think it's after he robs the first bank. That camera really starts swinging around. It does. You can't really make out... You can see him in the frame. Yeah. You're kind of running behind him, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. But it's really swinging around. Yeah. So, yeah, just be careful. Mm. Like, it's not it's not unwatchable. By no, but it's very, very frenetic. Yeah. It is very frenetic. Yeah. Um, and one, one other thing I will say, because I don't want to spoil the ending. No, I, 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 you know, we've talked a lot about the film. We've probably said, like, it's one of those films, it's like a fun film to talk about because yeah. it's like, again, it's very specific in what it's showing, mm-hmm. but the conversation around it can be quite broad because of that specificity. It's whatever you take from it. Yeah. You can, we, we you can just, watch it and, and think we are totally off the mark. Yeah, like what we were just saying about, um, you know, he's a wise animal. He's yeah. tapped into the wisdom of the universe. Like, yeah. That's probably not in the film, but that's what no, we took from it. That's what we took from it, yeah. And like, so, yeah, I don't want to, I probably said more than I want to, but mm-hmm. it's fun to talk about. So that's why we said what we've said. Yes. But in terms of the ending, because mm-hmm. we started out with the Safdie brother comparison, mm-hmm. those films don't end well. No. For the characters involved. No. All I'll say is I like the way this film ended. I agree. I feel like it was a good ending for kind of everyone. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So that was nice. Because yeah. again, like the, 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 the griminess and the frenetic energy of the film, all the way through, you're like, this can't end well. That and another round. They've been tricked into being pessimistic. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. We recommend Surge. Oh, we absolutely recommend yeah. Surge. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about aliens. Hang on, what? <laughs> Let's talk about aliens. What is this podcast, Sam? <laughs> what have you been doing in my absence? Let's, let's talk about aliens. So, <laughs> okay. people might have heard about this. I don't really know how kind of prevalent it is. Right. Um, if, if you're into it, very. But So, Joe Rogan is obsessed with aliens. Mm. So, I periodically see purported UFO videos. Right. On, does he show them? E Instagram, usually. Okay. And then he did that interview with Bob Lazar, which we talked about a few months ago, whatever. About whom I have Oh, yeah, doubts. no, th- th- this this has come up before, right? It has come up before. There were videos... That the Navy said were real. They verified the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, there was a... I didn't realise that I knew what you were talking about at the time. Mm-hmm. I hope. It's going to be embarrassing if we if one were to go back to that conversation. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, I'm bringing up this thing I brought up before. Okay. Um, but yeah, there was this video from Lamino... It was like a YouTuber I watched. Right. He's very, very good. He's, he's sort of like a video essayist slash documentarian. Okay. Documentarian. 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 Is he conservative? Um, is, is that important to you? No, because then he could be a documentarian. Oh, right. I see what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, we're going to have to start thinking of Tory puns to sprinkle oh, into yeah, the rest yeah. of this podcast. Yeah. Documentarian. Um, yes. He's, he's a documentarian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but he talks about like... Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of like mainly true crime stuff, but also okay. kind of like conspiracies and stuff within that field. So he's done a okay. video on uh, the vanishing of flight M370. Okay. I think it's called. Malaysian Airlines 370. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Highly, highly recommended. It's a fantastic video. Okay. One of my favorite videos on YouTube. Because it's so... It's I, This is rich coming from us doing the podcast with the episode lengths that we do. But it's so pithy mm. and dense with information. I think it's like half an hour long. And for me, it is... The definitive okay. resource. It's very procedural. Yes, okay. absolutely. He's very, very good at that. And he's done a video on the UFO videos that I think you are referring to. Okay. 
because he said in that video that uh, one of them, I think it was the one, there's like three, there's one where like the camera that's capturing it is obviously on a jet and it's like banking mm. and the UFO is flying against the wind. Yes. And kind of moving around. Yeah. I don't know if it's that one or whether it's the one where it's like just the, there's like a white dot in the middle of the screen. Mm. And they try to zoom in on it, and all of a sudden it just kind of shoots off to the left. And then they follow it. They yeah, they try to follow it, it but yeah, it just yeah. disappears. Yeah. I think it might be that one. Okay. That showed up on, like, a conspiracy blog in, like, 2013, maybe? Okay. But it was written off as a hoax. Mm. Not only because there was no legitimate uh, documentation to go with it, but I think the website was owned by a couple of film students. Ah, okay. So people were just like, ah, oh, this, right, this right. is not real, this is okay. stupid. But no, it turns out that that is actually real. Yeah. And there was apparently... It might be the, the video of the, the UFO banking. Mm-hmm. There was a version, there were four versions of that video apparently, and one of them was twice the length mm-hmm. and had more audio, and it was more, the evidence was more compelling. Okay. But, because I think that the, the fighter jet that captured that served on the USS Nimitz, mm-hmm. or one of like the USS aircraft carriers yeah, in, yeah. in the fleet. And these like, unidentifiable government agents turned up and just erased all the footage. Okay. They took some of the footage and they just erased everything. Men in black. Yes. Yeah. Which is why those, like, more uh, elaborate videos have never seen the light of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, part of his video was basically like, yeah, what we're seeing in the videos is, like, unexplainable. Mm-hmm. But if these videos are real, then, like, wow. Yeah. Basically, you know? Yeah. Well, and the accounts that go with them as well. I think the first video, like the account of the the fighter pilots who were actually there, is that they went down to uh, look at that craft, mm. and it was basically this like giant, what looked like a tic tac, right? And it was moving vertically and horizontally across the ocean floor in a way that no craft could feasibly move, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the kind of the defining thing of these crafts seem to be that they just move in a way. Any direction they want to in air or sea, basically. Yeah. Uh, with no respect for air current. And yeah. Things. And there, there was no, like, because it was shaped like a tic-tac as well, there was no yeah. visible mean of propulsion. Right. And yet it was able to ascend and move at, like, sonic boom speeds without any, yeah, seemingly without any effort. Right. Okay. So there was all that stuff of Bob Lazar, and then it kind of it died down a bit. Mm. And then Joe Rogan was posting more and more videos and then I saw Sam Harris on Lex Friedman's podcast. I'd recommend Lex Friedman. Of Lex Friedman. Oh, he's, he's Russian. Um, young, young guy. I don't know if we've ever watched him or anything. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. assumed he was a person. But he, he's good. He talked to Eric Weinstein a lot. I recommend. Um, okay. We probably watched that, actually. They talked about Leonard Cohen. Anyway. Okay. And on that podcast, Sam Harris said to him, it sounds like the Office of Naval Intelligence and, Pen- and the Pentagon are very likely to say to Congress at some point in the not too distant future that we have evidence there is technology flying around here that's not of human origin. Okay. So there's that. The Washington Post did a story on it. New Yorker did a story on it basically claims that the government knows more about this stuff than they're letting on. Okay. So this stuff has been bubbling up recently. Mm. And I'll be honest, my bias is I want it to be true. You want there to be aliens. I do want there to be aliens. I want UFOs. Do you mind explaining yourself, Samuel? Well, benevolent aliens. Yes. Yeah, who doesn't fucking want there to be aliens. (laughs) Don't want to be aliens? It's the fear that they're not benevolent. No, I know that. That's why nobody wants aliens. No, but I do. I do. I I want the aliens. Okay. So I was reading up on a lot of the stuff and like accounts of UFO, um, you know, abductions and that sort of thing. My mind was getting blown like, oh my God, all this stuff. Like I said, that is my bias. And the fact that Sam Harris was talking about it mm. is what lent it like, oh, 
right, this is real. Yeah, not the type of person to no. indulge not uh, conspiracies without like laying out that this Absolutely. is, a, you know. Basically, he said that he, he was getting these messages, murmurings from people saying, listen, the other shoe's about to drop regarding aliens. Mm. It's about to become a big part of the conversation. You're a thought leader. I'm telling you now so that you can help shape the public perception, right, right? That kind of thing. And then yesterday, as we were recording, he released a pod, an episode of his podcast called Are We Alone in the Universe with Neil deGrasse Tyson. And he told him that, that he'd been told to kind of prepare his mind for that sort of thing. Mm. And he found himself realising that it wouldn't affect him that much. Right, okay. And then I was hoovering as he was, I was, I was listening to this. <laughs> and I kind of thought... And the hoover went off. And, hoover went and off. I sat down. <laughs> and I just thought... Yeah, because I went through that period of like really reading up about aliens and really like mm. I the day I was reading about them mainly I was listening at the time to a lot of Kermode playlists. Okay, and I was like, and there was one that's like seven hundred videos in it. So I'm just gonna pick a number and click on the number, mm. and it was like three four four, and the film was The Man Who Fell to Earth. It was like right, it's all locking in, <laughs> it's all confirming confirmation bias. But then I just thought, yeah, if I found out on the news today they're aliens. Mm. It would be amazing for like an hour. And then you go, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Okay, maybe longer than an hour. Yeah. But you know what I mean? You do realise, yeah, how would it affect my life? Well, it's all anyone would talk about forever, right? Right. And that would make it mundane to begin with. But he he said, like, he was mindful that it would be the most significant event in human history. Mm. The biggest news ever. Yeah. Like, without equal. Mm. And also kind of humdrum. Right. And, and his diagnosis for that was our truncated attention spans. It's like, you say, yeah, all right, move on, whatever. And there is something... I feel like we are not alone in the universe. Would I, capture even the most uh, deficited individual's attention. Do you know what? I really don't know. I honestly really don't know. I think social media does render us more readily bored. That's mm. obvious. But yeah, I, I don't think like people would think nothing of it. But I was hoovering and thinking, now the luster of the novelty has passed. Yeah, it's kind of there. Yeah, for you. But you've like, this will be pretty novel for most people, right? <laughs> yeah, but they'll, they'll go through that same process though, right? I mean, uh, Basically, I Tyson, he kind of, his rejoinder was, because he's been asked a lot about all this alien stuff obviously, mm. lately. And he said, he's content to say he doesn't know. Mm. He's not going to speculate. He's happy just not knowing. Okay. And he said, like, unless they, we thought they posed a real threat, it would basically be of no consequence to people. I, I don't know. I feel like even though there's undeniably nothing more major, mm. that's accurate. And I don't quite know why. I really don't know. He put it in, this is the context he put it in, right? He said that we thought we were the center of the universe. Mm. And then Copernicus proved that the sun was the center of the galaxy and there were loads of other planets orbiting the sun. Mm. And it didn't destroy the world you know it didn't implode the world yeah which for the time would have been the equivalent discovery almost and then it was contextualized by the discovery of microorganisms mm. that we just thought you know viruses it's plague and it's it's the godly whatever mm. and then a guy put some pond water under his microscope and saw millions of these things <laughs> apparently he wrote a letter to the royal um Institute of Science or whatever in Royal Observatory in London. And they sent a letter back saying, 
uh, sir, basically, please drink less gin before you send us your right. uh, your papers. Okay. But they went there and they investigated, and obviously he was vi- uh, vindicated. Mm. But it's right, like all of a sudden there are billions of things around us. And yes, okay, aliens, there's cinematic aspect to it, whatever. But if you put it in that context, in that timeline, mm. and you found out, oh yeah, you're not the only species in the universe, it, it really shouldn't be that surprising. It'd be the next thing, like, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because Do you know, that's the next thing, isn't it? That we, we found out what was smaller. Yeah, well, here's a couple of things. Yeah. So, finding out that we're not the centre of the universe, when roughly was that discovered? I honestly don't know. Well, Copernicus, when was Copernicus? That's the thing, I honestly, I couldn't tell Just you. Just give me a I'm vague, like... Completely, un- all right. 1600s. No, no, I like don't make something up. But like, was I don't he, know. Was he like ancient Greek? Was he? Oh, right. You know, what no, was he? It, like the la, Milan, like 1500 around that. Right. It's the 14, 15, 1600s. Right. Okay. At the times, at the time in which Copernicus made that discovery. Yeah. Like yes, okay, that's quite like okay, that's not what I thought things were. Yes. That's quite you know a big thing you've told me, Copernicus. Yes, it's the 14, 1500s. 14, 1500s. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's quite a way off, isn't it? The 1400s. <laughs> Don't be pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, like, I feel like culturally, mm-hmm. we're pretty fragile at the moment. What do you mean fragile? Well, just like the amount of, like the, the um, dissent that you're seeing in the news so often. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, this, this, the, the, you know, America for a while it seemed like it's on the fringes of civil war mm. between the white you know white and black and you've got um political divide divisions are mm. becoming you know deeper and deeper mm. and people are you what was it called the social dilemma showing that like the social you know where all of our attention is now being focused in on social media that's mm. what's got our attention the most and we're not even seeing the same stuff anymore right people are exposed to different sources and through trying to connect ourselves we've actually Parts of our society are growing further and further apart. Calculated ignorance. Yes. And there's also a lot more of us Mm -hmm. than there were back then. Mm -hmm. And we've also got more to lose, I guess, culturally. Like, the the amount of advancements we've made, certainly within the last century, Mm -hmm. but since the 1400s. I don't know, I feel like we are not alone in the universe. That would be more devastating news Mm. to society, to people. Here's the thing. I'm out on a limb when yeah. I say I don't know how I don't think it would be that bigger. I'm the one with the burden of proof, mm. but the proof will be in the pudding, obviously, if it mm. ever does pass. Yeah, I just have an instinct that for a while, maybe, however that manifests. Mm. But but that's kind of the point. What can manifest? People tweeting and po- like, what are you going to do? I can see that. I can yeah. see aliens becoming small talk. You yeah, go, aliens you go, will become small talk. You go to the hairdressers, they ask you about the weather, they ask mm. you about your job, they ask you about the aliens. Right. In the same way the coronavirus has become small yeah, yeah, talk. Yeah. I, can, I can absolutely yeah, see that. that. basically. But I don't think it's only going to become that. I think another point to be made as well, like the fact, like Copernicus finding out that we were at the centre of the universe. There may well have been people prior to him, or indeed around at the same time as him, that thought that, mm-hmm. or like indulged in that idea. Mm-hmm. But it was probably a revelation for most people, right? Yes. Does that feel like a fair thing to say? What, that we're not the centre of the universe? Yeah, that being told you're not the centre yeah. of the universe is like a new idea, it's a new concept. Yeah, yeah, that's the, it disproved the, the existing hypothesis. Yeah. yeah, similar thing with the discovery of microorganisms. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, there are billions yeah. of 
creepy crawlies and creatures in this room alone. Right. Like, that's that's a whole new thing that I have to comprehend. Yes. The existence of aliens is something that humanity's been indulging in for a while. In a fictitious context. Yeah. But, like, we've, we've like, dreamed up every permutation of alien. Mm-hmm. Right? And every... Yeah. Um, form of relationship that we could have with those aliens, mm-hmm. whether they be benevolent or whether they be evil or whatever. We've already been there. Yeah. That idea is is already is with everyone. Mm-hmm. What if there are aliens? Mm-hmm. So to discover that they're aliens, we're going to have I in fairness, I don't know in what direction it would go. I don't know whether because we've indulged in it in a fictitious context for so long, mm-hmm. it would lessen the impact mm-hmm. or whether it would greatly increase the impact. Because it's like, right, this one's not a drill. This is happening now. Yeah, it's... I'll concede again. Without equal, mm. it would be the most significant event in human history. Yeah. Bigger than the things I mentioned. you got to think as well about the... Um, uh, like, like, the mere existence of aliens. Like, yes. Like, the president going, guess what, guys? There are really aliens. You're never going to see them because they're just like, they're over there. Yeah. Well, so, like, like the, even though you know there are aliens, you'll probably never encounter an alien in your life. There's nothing right. you as people can do about it. Yes. But we're going to live in a world where probably every government on the planet is going to try and be the first one to get a craft up well, to the aliens. The and there's going to be a whole new, well, like, space. And you're probably going to have, like, China or Russia or whatever be like, you know, oh, we're going to get to the aliens first and we're going to get them to come onto our side. Well, yeah, exactly. There's this apprehension that if there are aliens, all of a sudden it's earthlings and aliens. Yeah. No. No. You think I would agree with Russia and China? Or yeah, this is, no. like you know, we managed it in Watchmen. Yeah, where, like the, the giant space squid united everyone and ended the Cold War. But yeah. I don't think no in twenty twenty one absolutely not the world is going to unite under the promise of aliens. Well, some people just won't believe it. It's going to fracture under the promise if, of aliens. Even if the evidence was overwhelming, there yeah. are, a lot of people just wouldn't believe. Oh it. yeah, you've got like flat earthers and anti vaxxers. Yeah, like they're going to have people. Yeah, I don't know who. Well, also interestingly, people, I don't know. I don't know who will be. In terms of like the right or the left or just the common man, oh, I don't. I don't, that, I, don't I don't know who is going to be more susceptible to being an alien denier. Everyone likes aliens. I don't think this. That it would be like the left, a pro, the right. A, the right would be more cautious, I think. But well, I mean, like, yeah, like if if there were the existence of aliens, what I, does that do to the argument about I don't religion? Think it, I don't think know? it. Yeah, I don't think it. Necess- well, there it changes all that. Yeah, that it that it kind of. It's the same people who are anti-vaxxers and just conspiracy nuts. Yeah. It's people in denial. Hmm. People just be in denial. Like, no, I cannot integrate that fact into my life. Yeah. But here's the thing. Yeah, aliens occupy the the, the space of fictals, hmm. right? It's like dragons or whatever. It's it's like waking up from a dream hmm. and all of a sudden it turns out it wasn't one. Yeah. Like, oh shit, dragons, there, there are dragons. Yeah. There are actually... Right. So there's that mind-blowing aspect to it. We've got a hedonic treadmill that we get used to good things really easily. Mm. I think there's also a context treadmill. I think there's that moment of, oh my fucking God. And then we live in a world, a universe where there are aliens. All right, that's existence now. I'm not saying it's going to happen like that. No. But I do think there is that treadmill. And I do like, think what are you going to do about it? Yeah, and I do think now that it's 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 came up in the conversation, we can't deny... Like, how many people in the world... Think of all religions. Mm-hmm. How many people in the world are religious... Yeah, how many people are going to have their entire, their entire being just like called into question? I don't think as profoundly as a lot of people think, because religions have had to endure a lot of scientific innovation. Yes, but it will survive aliens as well. But you could 
feasibly, whether you're right to do so or not, mm-hmm. you could just go, well, the universe didn't just randomly explode into being, did it, you fool. Right. God created it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If there's an alien, like, right there, yeah. okay. But God did that as well. Oh, did he now? Well, yeah, I mean, they, they've they've conceded to the Big Bang and to, you know, not in some Some have, not all. No, well, all the, the Catholic Church has. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, but, you know, like, not all of them. No, not religions. every individual. But what I'm saying is, if you believe in God, hmm. despite the, well, not despite the evidence, in lack, with lack of evidence, yeah. without the evidence, I don't know why aliens would all of a sudden shatter your world. Because, oh, right, yeah, more of his creations. Okay. It's all part of a plan. It's all, you know, I, it, you'd have you just, to... Inf- you just widen the scope that's what people do it's what people the god of the gaps is what people have done for all of human history god is in those places that we don't know about yeah and if it's like oh you know we are the only life mm. god created us humans are distinct in the oh there's other life okay well it's not that then right he created all of it then there, there are loads of species he, yeah but they all created they, his image they'll all well not no exactly that bit would change yeah in his image would become metaphorical as a lot of these things do right meaning like with his because it's not even as if like spark. oh we're, we're, we're the special ones yeah because here's a more advanced the, they were able to travel across galaxies to come and meet yeah, us whatever come if anything's here it is more advanced than us yeah but uh yeah that's the yeah. thing as well like that that's sort of uh a long, a long held fear of most people. Like, if you're going to entertain the possibility of aliens being real, mm-hmm. you have to entertain the possibility that they don't, they don't, they don't want us to stay here. They don't like us. They're not well, kind. It's a fear. Yeah, I'm not saying. Oh, it's a natural fear. Yeah, yeah. I'd be fucking terrified. Absolutely. But equally enthralled. Yeah, and, and I want it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely do. It's like, what? It's it's what's next. Yeah. It's what is it in? What show is it in or, or film or whatever where? They're talking about like, oh, why would you go to Mars? It's like because it's what's next. I don't know what it's. It called. might be, it might be the West Wing or something. Yeah, like because they find water on Mars. It's that's what's next. Mm. That's what growth is about. That's what progress is about. Yeah. Um. What's the point? Yeah. Just to, you know. No, but my point was going to be that yeah. is that is a like a like a legitimate fear that people do have when they indulge in the oh, subject, yeah. and it's a, it's a fear I've had as well. Yeah. Like oh yeah, like aliens. Okay, cool. If I was but, like, co- what the fuck do we do if they want us dead? Okay. But well, I we're fucked. We are fucked. If I was walking through a field on my own and a UFO descended, yeah. I would be terrified beyond any terror I've ever experienced as I walked up to the ship. <laughs> that would be my response to aliens. Okay. Oh my God, please abduct me. This is terrifying. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get it, but I, I don't know. But I think I was listening to an expert. I was reading about it. Like experts, in, insofar as there are alien experts, <laughs> yeah. said that... Um, if they had the technology to come here, hmm. if they wanted us gone, they could exterminate the human race like that. Yeah. They're that advanced. Hmm. But I th- this is an interesting thing. Like, for a species to evolve to the point of interstellar travel, they've probably conquered war. Hmm. They've probably transcended war. But what happens when they encounter a species, us, who haven't conquered well, war? Well, they'll know what it is. They'll know. They'll know what it yeah. is, but like, if anything, they would have. They would want to help. But that's the question: Would they yeah. tolerate it? And if they, if they would tolerate it, to what extent that they're willing to like sit us down and go, right? Let's let's not have the war thing anymore. Yeah, because here's what we're going to do to help you not have war. Yeah, and if they do, like, who are they going to? Who do they side with? I just don't know. Like, they wouldn't have any invest vested interest in getting rid of us. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, if they were coming here, it could only be for the good, I think, anyway. Mm. 
It's just... Unless they want our water or our women or whatever. But they got here. Like, why would they need our water? It, yeah. You know? Well, the thing I was going to say was like, yeah, like that, that is a real fear. But a fear that I hear brought up less, which I think is equally as um, terrifying. Right. Is what happens to... It's sort of referring back to the thing about governments are going to try and it's going to become a new arms race almost. Like, who can get mm. to the aliens first and yeah. convince them that the other ones are the bad guys? Mm. Yeah. Like, imagine living under a government that's frantically, like, at all costs, we must reach the aliens first. Mm-hmm. Like, it would start a war. Yeah. Maybe, maybe another Cold War rather than World War Three, but it would start a war. We'd destroy ourselves before we could ever make contact. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just... It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Equally, because it's so mad in a way, it's just implausible to consider that one day we're, we're going to get a message saying, right, we're here. Mm. This is how it's going to play out. Yeah. We'd like to interact with you. You know, we're aware of your various, of how your world works. Mm. You're not a united... We don't understand you, frankly, but we've tried. (laughs) Yeah, you know, what's with the feminism? What's going on there? But yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, what's with this, like, this Donald Trump, Joe Biden? What's going on there? Because people have said, like, why haven't they... It's a fallacy, but why haven't they made contact already? Mm. So, well, if you were going to an alien planet, you'd have to do a lot of fucking research. Yeah. To work out how and when you're going to make your... <laughs> yeah. They need to understand it. Like, you if, you're, if you're going to an alien planet where the way that they greet you is to snap your neck, you kind of need to know that shit in advance, yeah. right? Yeah, and like, yeah, so that's the instant stuff. And then the rest of it is, right, what's their physiology? And then... Yeah. What, what are the... How do we communicate? Yeah. What, how, what, what do they want? How do their minds work? How do nations work? How, how does do wealth we, work? Yeah, do we have anything yeah. to offer? Or are we just dropping in and saying hello? Like, right, there's so much. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like a child having this conversation with you, you know, because I'm, a, I'm aware that the more cynically minded people might go, oh, you believe in alien... I'm just open to the possibility of it. I don't see why it's... An, well, it's not an impossibility. And I want it to be true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's, okay. that's my take on the aliens. So, sensible people <laughs> seem to be saying there might be aliens. Yeah. And you think that we're only going to care about it for a little bit and then it's not going to matter anymore. Pretty much. Okay. I disagree. Okay. I think it will matter greatly. But for e- how long? Even if the conversation around aliens tries up, mm-hmm. it will matter greatly. Oh yeah, of course. It's gonna. Yeah, I'm not talking about it, the ramifications on the future. Mm. I'm talking about purely the psychology of of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Of course, a lot changes after that. Mm. But I'm talking about people. I don't think people. Oh, I don't think they would be rioting or, or like religions ending that wouldn't happen I don't know Sam they riot over a police officer doing their job you don't know what's going to happen if like <sighs> yeah. aliens were to be real all of a sudden yeah can you imagine that if they're because that, that's what you'd think like oh if they were so intelligent how come they're not intervening in systemic racism yeah let's move on before I or, get or uh, what was the what was the thing what was the thing that happened with COVID like let's not like okay but let's not forget the conversation we were having about, like, right. you know, Black Lives Matter and all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, let's not, let's not have the conversation about fucking aliens being real <laughs> detract from the fact that I feel like I'm being oppressed. Because there's literally nothing more unifying than there are aliens. That was the, it's like, the, it's that was the, the conclusion thing. of Watchmen. Yeah. Like, but like the, the existence that, of aliens yeah. unifies the world yeah. out of war. Because at the, the minute... You know, everyone is a 
an endless, infinite list of identities. Hmm. It's men and women. Listen, as a nation, our context is our nationality. Hmm. We think of ourselves as British, and then there's the Russians, and this is the only thing that can contextualize us as human, other than animals, but hmm. humans and animals. There's now Earthling <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. And then it'll be like this galaxy and everything. You know, it's that's a thought. Yeah, that, the neighborhood yeah. just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, certainly that, but also, yeah, yeah like um, Earthling encapsulates human, cat, pig, fish, pig. Exactly. They must be. Fucking can you confused. can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, like the aliens, just like why is there so many of them, and why do they all look different? But also, just like we want you to send one of our own. Yeah, and they 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 like get a human. It's like no, we meant that pig. That's the, yeah, we, like, we want we want a full representation of your planet. Send us a human, send us a pig, <laughs> and send us like I don't know a fucking snail. I don't know. Yeah, anemone. Yeah. Like, there's no reason to suspect that the diversity on their planet would be equally as you know. Yeah, because that's like a like a like a, a sci-fi trope, one which I think more people are picking up on and sort of growing a bit. Like oh, I wish they didn't do that. Mm. But whenever they depict an alien planet, there's always one species. Yeah. that all look the same. Right, and it's always one biome it's always a desert planet or a yes forest. like on star wars there's no um ecological diversity yeah it's it's all just uh or indeed biological, biological diversity. diversity yeah yeah it's all just this is the desert planet a fucking planet of desert yeah a planet yeah how does shit yeah. live there <laughs> yeah but the thing i think because obviously all the videos the different types of crafts and different yeah, like when we say it's us and the aliens, as though they're unified. Yeah, I like the idea that we've been visited by a whole different, yeah, different groups of aliens who are, they are competing to talk to us. Yeah, know? yeah. The the conservative sect of the aliens have come to visit us, while yeah. the, the liberal aliens are yeah. still warring. But it's like, you know, you, you've got scientists competing with each other to like write the papers that prove this groundbreaking research. That's their version of it. It's not like literally who can get to them first. Yeah, but it's who can like do the work first. That will lay the groundwork yeah. for us talking to them. Yeah. Who can or get just, all the data in. Or just the fact that, yeah, we are their space race. Yeah. All they want to do is just plant a flag and say, like, oh, this country from this planet got here first. Right. Can you imagine how complicated it's going to be if they start um, sectarianizing? Oh, Jesus. It's like, this alien race is pro-Russia. This alien that, race... Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, God, no, imagine God, that. The, 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 the things that this opens up. God, imagine if they come here and they, they like the Middle East and Russia. <laughs> Well, we're dead, aren't we? We're done for. Not just that, but like, as you said, that's just like one version of the aliens. I like, I like the idea that, like, if you're on a, you know, we're all on a kind of similar cosmic timeline mm. and certain behaviours will get us to certain points along that timeline. They come in and like, so which country is like doing it? The- Samoa. Who, who knew? <laughs> for, for some reason, it's, it's Papua New Guinea. Yeah. <laughs> They're on the right path. Fiji, fucking mad lads they are. They got it figured out. Um, it's like, do you ever see The Good Place? I don't know. I don't think so. It's it's like about the afterlife and purgatory and stuff. And Ted Danson plays this arch angel, archangel. And he, there's this character, this teenager, that they kind of idolise there. They got his picture up on a wall like his Derek something. Right. Because he's the only person that ever got it, the afterlife right. All right. Whoever supposed it correctly. When he was high. He's like, oh, it's this, it's this. And he got it spot on. Right. He's the only person ever to have got it precisely <laughs> spot on. So they kind of revere him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. Little, um, little um, uh, fun little hypothetical to mm. round out this discussion. Okay. So I feel like this discussion was rounding out. I think so. Right, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what is the first piece of media 
that you would show to an alien. Any piece of media. If an, if an alien turned up on your door and was like, hello, what's your name? Mm. Like, ah! And then once you finally calmed down, you're like, oh, I'm Sam. And he went, hello, Sam. I am here to consume media. Right. Show me some media. What's the first thing you show them? Beethoven. Okay. Beethoven's music. The, yeah, not, not the film. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. Show them the film. <laughs> no, some cats and dogs first. Dark Cloud. If they don't understand I cinema. I imagine an alien quoting Dark Cloud. <laughs> they can't understand cinema or... Um, <laughs> Or, tech, or like CGI graphics. Yeah. So they, they kind of know what dogs and cats are. Then they watch this like, hang on. Guys, the data's all wrong. They, they, they can talk to each other. Um, yeah. Something that's like really basic, but also elegant and beautiful, right? Mm. So it'd have to be music. Yeah. And probably Beethoven's your best bet. Okay. Or something like classical music. Mm. Well, what do you think? Something that's mathematical, you know, mathematical music. Yeah. Of your music. Is, something, you know yeah, mean? something yeah. that can sort of be... Um, Understood without context. Yes, because like, like not jazz. Like like jazz <laughs> comes later. You start with classic. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. open with jazz. No. Um, but like with film, because I was thinking like, oh, maybe film. But like, I don't know what if he wants to show him a TV show. Actually, this just broaden into media. Mm. Um, but I don't feel like there's many films. Like if you've never seen a film before, yeah, you'd probably have to explain something. Well, to yeah, them. and like video games as well. The fact that there's like a you know, like, oh, you have to hold this controller and do a thing, and then a thing happens. Mm. I mean, even amongst humans, there's a learning curve there. Well, I think, okay. But music is so raw and, like, immediately recognisable. Mm. I don't think you have to explain music. You would have to explain music to an alien. They would just sort of understand what what the point of it is and, like, what's I, happening. You'd hope, I suppose. Like, who yeah. knows how different that... In terms of film... If I could explain to them what film was, mm. it's this art thing that kind of, it, it, it communicates abstract ideas and, and expressionistic whatever. Yeah. I would show them uh, Georges Méliès, uh, you know, the rocket going into the eye of the moon. Yeah. Start with the birth of cinema. Mm. Like, just take them through. Um, hi, I, I used to know the... Um, Strip to the moon, is that what it's called? No, no, no. I'm, and I'm thinking of the, the train pulling into the station. And I used to know the actual title of it. Oh, right. Because it's, it's a French It's French, title. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like this is the first ever thing. Yeah, this so terrified much. people. It terrified people. And then you show them that and go, oh, right, okay, so that's literally just light being captured on film. Yeah. Now this is poetry. This is like what... Yeah. Expressionistic sort of stuff. Now here's Jack and Jill. Now here's Jack and Jill, yeah. <laughs> Here, uh, you've seen the birth of cinema, now here's the death of cinema. <laughs> you ain't seen bad boys too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show yeah. them an egg right, so right yeah, Show them a good time. Okay. Aliens. 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 Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed that conversation. Okay. Should we do a final film review? Yeah, okay. Let's do that. Nobody. Nobody. It's a film. It's an action movie from the director of Hardcore Henry. Oh, is it now? It is. Oh, okay. All right. And the writer... I was wondering what happened to him. And the writer of the John Wick films. Uh, you Bob, don't say. You don't say. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk plays Hutch... Something. Hutch, nobody... I wanted to say Trundle. It's not Trundle. It's not Hutch Trundle. Hutch. He plays Hutch. Yeah. An ordinary man, nobody, Hmm. um, whose house is invaded and he doesn't do anything and his son tackles one of the intruders and he kind of doesn't seize the opportunity. He just lets them go and then is kind of ostracized for it, kind of emasculated. His family and friends look down at him. So he thinks, fuck, I'm going to do something. So he tracks them down, 
realizes they're very vulnerable. They have a sick baby and things like that. I can't fucking murder them. And then he has a chance encounter on a bus with a bunch of Russian criminals who come on board to terrorize the passengers. And he... Um, is John Wick. Is John Wick. <laughs> uh, and then things follow on from yeah. that. Yeah. Should we get that out of the way just now? That it's John Wick. Because it's unavoidable. Yeah. It's John Wick. It's better than John Wick, though. Y- yeah. Yes. It is better than John Wick. Yes. Yeah. The action in the middle of the film, mm-hmm. it's like on par with the first John Wick. Yeah. It's like, it's okay. But the first and last fight scene are much better. Yes. They're really good fight sequences. And it's, well, okay, yeah. It's, also, it's a very stylish film. Yeah. The action has variety, which I like. Yes. It's not John Wick 2. No. Uh, the bus scene is obviously amazing. Yeah. Uh, exciting, entertaining, all those adjectives. It has more to it than John Wick, I think, mostly because Odenkirk can act. There is that. <laughs> <isn't> there? <laughs> the film has got that going for it. Yeah, it's, it, was like, it was a weird um, proposition, wasn't it, when we first heard about it? Yeah. You know that? You know Better Call Saul? Well, mm. that guy's going to do an action movie now. I found out as well, it's not like... Uh, they approached him to be, which you'd think, because he's you know he's a big name at the moment. Yeah, he wanted to just do an action film, right? So he set the whole thing up. Like, why not? Agent, find me an action movie. Yeah, and he trained for years, and it does pay off. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, like I said, the John Wick comparisons are unavoidable. I mean, it, it like it opens at the end of the film with the character like beaten and bruised, and you know, you've he's he's got this secret life mm. that. When people actually know who he is, they're terrified of him. Yeah. You've got, like, in John Wick 1, one of the guys finds out that, like, the Russian, uh, the young Russian stole John Wick's car. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, the Russian mafia. Russians, he, he picks yeah. a fight with the Russian yeah. mafia. Uh, but he finds out he stole John Wick's car, so he punches him. So, like, the head Russian mafia guy is like, why did you punch my son? Mm. And he goes, because he stole John Wick's car. And then he just turns to the camera and goes, oh. Yeah. Like, he's immediately like, oh, fuck. And then cut to this film where he's gone to the tattoo shop and the old veteran sees... Yeah, Bob Odenkirk's tattoos immediately yeah. knows like oh shit this guy's for real and he's like thank you for your service and he runs out and like locks all the doors yeah there's slightly less of that in Nobody because the thing about John Wick that I never liked is the film really trying hard to sell him as this badass and he can, he can fight and all that hmm. but like to the point where it was annoying me like I get it okay he's yeah. someone that should be feared and try to make him iconic John hmm. Wick John Wick John Wick the name yeah this isn't that. Yeah, like, this the is, character doesn't even have a name. No, it's, it's literally nobody. It's a traditional action hero thing. Like, you find out, oh, it's him. Oh, don't piss him off. Yeah. That's a trope. Yeah. It's not as bad as... It's not as indulgent as John Wick. No, what I, what, one of the things I liked about it, mm-hmm. and part of the reason why I love the, the first and last scene so much, is because they are... Do, to a lesser degree than John Wick, admittedly, they are trying to portray him as this like incredible badass action hero, mm. but they're not afraid to show him getting hurt. No, he gets like oh yeah, the really shit kicked out, shit yeah. kicked out of him. He is bleeding, he is stabbed, he yeah. is bruised, but yeah, he still comes off as this like very competent, very cool action star. Yeah. And I like that. I like, because, yeah, you see too much of that nowadays in, like, action films. It's like, oh, this guy's unstoppable. And right. Like, he, they barely land a punch on him. No, like, this guy gets shot and hurt it's, and all sorts. It's because no one can do a sincere action movie anymore. Mm. Fast and the Furious, they all kind of just lean into that, oh, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. And so, yes, they kind of, everything's hyperbolized. Mm. But this isn't. And actually, this, along with a film called Those Who Wish Me Dead, which came out a month or so ago, mm action movie from the guy who did Hell or High Water that, that, oh, the right. right to tail Sheridan um, Angelina Jolie film very middle of the road 
action movie. Mm. But it was one of the first films that came back in cinemas. And it's just nice to have unapologetic action B-movies yeah. back, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, Those Wish Me Dead's a lot more, like I say, pedestrian. Mm. But neither film is trying to be important. That's the thing. I feel like this review will probably... will mostly be us praising the film, right? Yeah. But yes, it's important to uh, to recognise what it is. It's like, an action movie. The reason that we're praising it is because it does what it wants to do It is what well. it is, yeah. It is what it is. It's fun. And within those parameters, it is very good. Yeah, and that's not... To say, it's it's schlocky, but it's also like... Everything now, it's trying to be worthy. Mm. And like, even if it's a, a genre film, it's saying something. Yeah. No, this isn't... This is saying that Hutch is a badass. Yeah. You know, and it, it, not in that kind of postmodern ironic way. It's mm. just an action film. Yeah. It's a well-made action film and I miss well-made <laughs> action films. It doesn't rise beyond a certain level for me because no. it's not The Raid, it's not, I don't know, Mad, Mad Max or whatever. Yeah, it's not an innovator in the field no, of action. But that's okay. Yeah. Because it's nice just to have a normal action movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The one, I've got two little criticisms. Oh, okay. Just after I said, oh, we're going to be praising it. Well, are you trying to make me out a fool, are you? (laughs) The the biggest, a liar. Make me out to be a fool. The the biggest criticism, obviously, is that it it doesn't rise beyond a certain level. But little things. The use of incongruous music is a trope I can now live without. Yeah, how would you describe the soundtrack to this film? It's like Frank Sinatra-y, croony kind of songs. Yeah. I, I, and I'm a bit bored. That's easy now. You see that in everything. Like a really violent action scene where it's like, I did it my... Yeah, like the Kingsman trailer did that. I think they literally used my way. Yeah, Kick-Ass did it. Yeah, Kick-Ass did it. And like uh, Suicide Squad does like a different strand of that, which is now being adopted by Cruella and all these other films. Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Ironic uses of Yeah, like 80s music and just like fun pop songs over this like, you know, Gruesome or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I can live without that. And I thought the villain was quite colourless. I kind of like that though. That he's, yeah, he's just the, a bit like he's just a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. But yeah, yeah I'm not going to remember him. I no, think absolutely like, yeah. not. I will say though, because again, a little bit like John Wick, and I, you know, this is not exclusive to this type of film. Mm. They do try and infuse humor into the choreography and in the scenes a little bit, mm-hmm. like when he's like, uh, you know, smashing that guy's face in on the bus, and then it's like your stop. Like the, the yes. bell is ringing. Using the environment. Yeah, using yeah. the environment to tell little jokes like that, and obviously when he's like, "Oh, thank you for your service," and he's like. There's an insane amount of locks you can hear yeah. him locking on the yeah. door. It infuses humor. And most of the humor is like, yeah, all right, I recognize that as, as humor. Mm-hmm. But when he throws the chair at the guy in the hospital bed, <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah. That really got me to uh, the point where I was like rewinding it and like watching it again. Because it looks real. Yeah. They probably just threw a chair at the guy. <laughs> like maybe they like modified it so it wasn't as heavy. Yeah. But I, I, I'm convinced they threw a chair at that guy. <laughs> It's too real. His reaction, the way it hits him, is too real. Yeah, I really like. I like Christopher Lloyd in it. Just like I love him as well. The casualness, the of glee just- on his face when he's holding a shotgun yeah. is infectious. <laughs> yeah, and he's just holding that guy as he bleeds out. Yeah, the, guy th- the the orderly thinks it's his TV. Yeah. Just like smother in the sky. Brilliant. But yeah, just that cheeky grin he gives yeah. when he blows the guy's hand off with a shotgun. Oh yeah, like he's to be doing something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. He looks old. Well, he is. He? I know he's old. Yeah. And he looked old in The Big Bang Theory. It's not like news to me that Christopher Lloyd is old. He looked old in Back to the Future. He looked old. But that's the thing. That was yeah. like in the 80s. And like, look at him now. It's like, yeah. bloody hell, he looks like an old man. But he's the kind of, you know, Doc Brown is so iconic. And he was in Taxi. And he was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm. 
<laughs> it's the kind of actor who would definitely be dead by now. Yeah. And I'm glad that he's not. Not only that, but he's in an action film where he's like shooting people. Like yeah. it, it, he doesn't have uh, taxing choreography in the same way that no. Bob Odenkirk does. He has a shotgun. He has a shotgun yeah. and he's walking around and yeah. he's shooting people and he doesn't have to dodge the bullets. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So the fact that he is, that you're, you're depicting this character who's like, you know, oh, I've missed this so much. And he's like having fun. It's great. I, I have it. a little recommendation for you in the audience. Okay. There was a film that came out, I think in 2016 or 17 called I Am Not a Serial Killer. Okay. Star Christopher Lloyd, and it's really good. Okay. I recommend it. Any, anything else? It's about a kid who thinks his neighbor is a serial killer, and the the way it's directed, it's all like that rear window from his perspective stuff. Right. And as the film goes on, you figure out, you find what's good. Really good. Yeah. Really, really good. Okay. Yeah, that was a tangent. Yeah, that was a yeah. tangent. But yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, I don't really feel like I have anything else to say. Okay. The editing is quite eager, isn't it? Define what you mean by that. Well, in the beginning, certainly, there's a lot of it. Oh, drawing attention to it. Yes, the whole Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, like, just those title cards, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I feel like you didn't need those. Like, Mm. the sequence still works if you didn't have those. Yeah. Especially since the only other time that happens in the film is when they introduce the main villain. Yeah. Because it it shows his nightclub. And I was like, because I was, you know, it's literally John Wick. So I thought, oh, that's setting up a fight sequence, Mm -hmm. which doesn't happen. And I'm okay with that. There's Mm -hmm. no fight club. There's no nightclub fight sequence. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like in the beginning, I was like, oh, okay. Like I do, I'm I'm an editor. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I appreciate good editing and I like seeing editing. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, this is a lot. Yeah, it's top heavy though, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. I think it's trying to draw you And I think I was worried that when the action came along... Yeah, it was going to interrupt that action, yeah. but it doesn't. It's it all doesn't. The, yeah. yeah, like the, when he um, when they've got him in the back of the car and he uses the fire extinguisher to get them to crash, mm. and it cuts to like an empty frame, and then you see all the debris fall into frame. Yes, and they just hang on it. Yeah, it's like oh okay, it like, has restraint. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like you're using the editing in the beginning. That montage is to it's to show them the his the mundane life that he's leading. It's to depict mundanity but in a action yeah, in a kinetic way, way yeah, so yeah, you're kinetic, never bored. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. But like it my fear is that the film would be over edited was soon put to rest. Hypercaffeinated. Yes. It was yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it certainly wasn't that. Yeah. Um and I will say like the main villain's death mm. that's a cool death. It is a cool death. Yeah. It is a cool death. That's nice as well. Like a cool I, death. I would have liked more uh, bodily fragmentation but I, yeah, yeah like even though there is like blood and gore in yeah. this like in the first fight sequence where he like um, the guy can't breathe so he like cuts his throat open and puts the straw yeah. in tracheotomy yeah, yeah. tracheotomy <laughs> like there is gore and stuff like that yeah it's not as gory as I thought it would be no yeah it's not as full on no so it is kind of it's a normal action movie in a way a yeah yeah ways. yeah yeah it's not like PG in, in its no. in its like uh, the way that it shows people being injured. Yeah. But it's not... Um, it's not an 18. It's an easy 15. Oh, what's the name of it? Um, NC-17? No, no, no. I'm trying to think of a specific film. It's oh. from, like... It's from the... I don't think it's from the... No, it's not from the people who did, who did the raid. But a lot of people who were in the raid were in it. Maranto? No. It's like a... It's like a... It's a fight oh, film. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, not a good film. No, it's not a good no, film. No, no, I know. Another one to But it's an incredibly gory film. Yeah. Almost it, off-putting it's in its It's a Netflix gore. film, isn't it? Um, the Night Comes For Us. That's it. Yes. That's a very, very gory film. Okay. People getting, like, 
Yeah. I didn't see that because I think I, I started it. Mm. I was like, oh, it's Raid Light in a way. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it's trying to be the Raid. Well, I told you because I did watch it. Expect yeah. like wanting more Raids. Yeah, that's right. Um, and there is Raid style action in it. Yeah. But they commit possibly the biggest sin you could commit in a film like that. They cut away from the action. Right. To have just like dialogue scenes yeah. and stuff you don't do. But it's an immensely gory film. So yeah, I know what you mean. Like it's not like you, they could have pushed the gore a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of another thing that I miss in action films. Cool deaths. Cool deaths. Unique deaths. Because it is a unique death. Yeah, my I, I can't... I don't know why you would write an action movie if you weren't planning on giving your villains no. cool deaths. Exactly. That's like any schlocky 80s film. Like, yeah. this is crap. But there are some cool deaths in here. When we were spitball... When we were kind of putting together the synopsis for the our action movie, mm. it was like, right, okay, so how do we make this death a cool one? Yeah. That was like one of the salient questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you want people to remember it, to be iconic. You know? Yeah, like you won't remember the main villain, but you'll remember his death. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the salient... Are you done with all your notes? Pretty much, yeah. The salient point is three words, isn't it? Okay. Cinema is back. Oh, is it now? <laughs> yes. I think that's the crucial thing to take from this film, because this is only in cinemas in the UK. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. And increasingly films are just in cinemas okay so between this another round surge kind of uh those who wish me dead but in a very different way mm. cinemas are back <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah! Woo! we probably should have seen this in the cinema shouldn't we nobody yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's it i think that's everything yeah that's going to freak people out. They're going to have no idea what just happened. <laughs> I just crumpled up my notes. Okay. We need those notes to know yeah, what we're coming. Do the coming up. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.